everybody to the Saints Hat Cosmocast. I'm Ramses, and for usual, I have here Common Writer Furry. Which is me. Which is you. And of course, we have here the walking the, the walking the encyclopedia of Saints Hat Knowledge himself, Mangas. Hello. Why did I think you were going to say The Walking Dead? I was like, why are we insulting Ben Haas today? <laughs> no! <laughs> I, know that I, I, I know that I still have that half the time, but... <laughs> yes, we, we have ben, ben, Dead, ben Haas. I, I was going to say, like, I was going to say, like, Ben Haas is like, we're, we're going to stretch it out for, like, 15 more seasons than it should, with, like, 10 more, with, like, 15 spinoffs. That's Man, a joke about. That's a joke about. This the Walking Dead, then we would have, we'd be replacing co-host every other week. Oh god, that is true. <laughs> and then there'll be one season where it's just like we're in a. It's essentially a, a bottle episode, a bottle season where it's like we have to record everything in in a, in a farm. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no. I, I watched pass. a hard pass. <laughs> All right, outside of Walking Dead like shenanigans, let's let, we have a lot to talk about here to this in this episode because as time as we're ramping up to the live action movies release. Like as and we're trying to get more and more information of the of the movie's release date and a little bit more information about like where it's gonna be like where it's gonna be coming out and stuff like that as well. Also, like when they're gonna start doing presentations and stuff like that as well. So, what, what let's start first with something with some with a little bit of like let's start with something outside of that first. Let's talk about the let's talk about final editions. We know we know that in most places around the world now they're trying to get the final editions like being published, especially in Mexico, France. Um, um brazil and other italy. parts of the, italy they're, they're getting they're finally getting those editions out and we we're wondering like when when is the next one's coming out because like i they stopped at issue five no actually issue six because this is seven and eight so they stopped that they stopped that at um at um at book six and we haven't heard anything about it until some listings came out on um uh came out, came out recently saying that in sometime sometime in in may we're gonna get um, we're gonna get volumes um, six and um, six and no seven and eight of the, of the of the final editions. Six and seven. Six and seven. Okay, never mind. I will eat my. <laughs> I I wish I had my notes. I I just I, I shouldn't be looking at other things here. But like yeah, seven and eight, uh, six and seven of the of the um, of the final editions, which is interesting because like you know it's good to see it's like you know now like you know we were like we were afraid of like like it's gonna be so much content that that like so much content so quickly especially in like in mexico where you got one and two already and they said that three to come out in april and but um but like we're getting stuff more rapidly and just like yeah so it's like i'm pretty like i'm pretty sure they're gonna start they, because of like international like you know of, like international like requirements i think they're gonna start like ramping up a lot of these more releases coming soon so thank us um you're the one collecting you're the one that's been collecting these like what are your thoughts on like on this, on this bit of news I'm actually happy. It took a bit longer than I would have expected. I thought, when did the volumes one to five come out in Japan? I think it wasn't last year. I think it was in 2021. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. They came out like... So not like we didn't have any news on 2022. So this is kind of like delayed in my eyes. Like I, I think that another five, uh, another batch of five volumes should have come out last year. But at the same time, considering how busy Kurumada has been with everything, I kind of understand. So I'm happy that they have finally announced this. So far, uh, officially confirmed, only volumes six and seven have been uh, announced. But a friend reminded me the other day that uh, they did the same thing when the first five volumes came out. I think only volumes one and two came out first, and then they announced like a later date that same year the, the other three volumes. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully they also announce some sometime this year uh, volumes eight, nine, and ten. Yeah. Uh, uh, it is confirmed that volumes six and seven will come out in Japan on 
May the 8th, as well as the 14th volume of uh, Sensei and Next Dimension, which comes out on April 7th. So we're very, like, the, the let's say that the last chapters that were missing in a recapitulatory volume for next dimension are finally come are going to come out as, as a full volume at full color which has revealed like the official oh that's colors really for, cool nice. yeah they actually reveal the official colors for some of the characters that was kind of left to interpretation amongst them the incarnation of athena of, of that century i'm not going to go into too much detail about that i think next dimension can have its own series of episodes but yeah like the seeing that is amazing i'm actually going to get it as as soon as i can find somebody selling it on the internet and getting it from Japan because I actually have the Japanese volumes as well, both oh, for really Next cool. Dimension as well as the final edition. Yeah, I find it interesting. Like you know, like I find it, I find it interesting that they're coming out in May, so it's like the post movie hype. Yeah, I yeah I think that I did hear somebody say that this is probably kind of like planned, like yeah. in terms of like for uh, marketing. Uh, they went into much better detail that I could ever say <laughs> and explain. But yeah, I think it had something to do with that as well. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm theorizing. It's like they, they're they're capitalizing on like the post movie hype. Like they know like regard regardless of how it's gonna how it's gonna be how how like how it's gonna do in Japan, and their name's gonna be out there and it's gonna be still being fresh in people's minds either for like nostalgia reasons or people trying to find an alternative. It's not that good, so it's gonna be out there and people are gonna start finding like they're gonna start finding different things for they're gonna start finding out different um, they're gonna start finding they're gonna start seeking out more things out well, within Saint Seiya. To seek out once the movies out, or they're like, gonna try to capitalize also like also too on nostalgia. They, we all we're at this point where it's like the nostalgia circle, the nostalgia you know cycle. It's like we're starting, we're starting to get, we're it's starting to come more more apparent. So it's like yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure they're gonna start like capitalizing on that with both the movie and like these releases as well. Um, Comrade Furry, I know, I know what like I know we're talking, I know we're talking like you know, I know we're talking Martian, but like, do you have any thoughts on like what on, on the video news? The covers look gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I wish that we would get them. Um, I'm you hoping know, this too. I'm hoping. Yeah, this too. I I know I know Ben Haas like is real adamant about us like getting some of the Spanish language ones that are going to come out in Mexico. Uh, but I'm I'm hoping that we can get them in English just because I'm not confident enough in my Spanish. Um, Google Translate. I, you can just just point your phone at the page. Well, I mean, t- to be honest with you, when it comes to Spanish, I understand a lot more than I can regurgitate. Fair um, enough. So, I, like, I can get the gist of what's going on, most likely, and, you know, with context clues of it being artwork and stuff. I'm not yeah. that worried about it, but it would still be nice to have it in English, because I yeah. feel like yeah. if they were to do that, they would most likely go back and fix some of the complaints that people have such as like name changes and stuff yeah. like that. That's I mean that is the biggest complaint with the um English language release that yeah. so like yeah. I feel like they could do very much and like take go ahead and get your drinks ready because I'm gonna mention Sailor Moon. They can do like Sailor Moon's uh, um special edition releases. I think they were called the Eternal Edition. Yeah the Eternal Editions because like, um, I remember because I remember I remember getting those very first editions when they came out when they when 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 Quaranstra started publishing themselves here in the United States. It was a tough read for me to read those books because they, 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 they were going by, they were using a lot of like honorifics and all mm-hmm. honorifics and like the way it was written was very kind of like the Panther was kind of like on autopilot. So like a lot of the so translation was kind of like messing up my, my, was messing up my brain. It felt like, like it was kind of like very lazy, the translation. And I heard that the, the, the these new editions that they just released are vast, are vast improvement. I'm like, I kind of want to buy that, especially since there's going to be one with like a, a Poké Q, and I kind of want this. But that's still that's still Moon says talk. This is Saint Seiya Cosmo cast talk. But finish up your thoughts on 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 these with that with that thought though. 
but yeah, like I mean, it, and much like it, it, they're kind of in the same vein. The the these editions for Saint Seiya and then the Eternal editions for Sailor Moon because they have like gorgeous single character covers in this like beautifully rendered art style that's a little bit exaggerated from what you would see in a normal manga panel, and they and they just look gorgeous. And I would love to have them, you know, in any format that I can get them, of course. But just I'm I'm holding out hope that we're gonna get an English language release of this. I hope so too. Maybe, I hope so too. Maybe we'll get some news because like there we haven't heard a lot of toy news for the movie. Yeah. So um maybe this is something that they can fill that void with because really with any movie release these companies love to start re-releasing stuff. So I'm hoping at the very least, if they want to go the absolute laziest route, just reprint the out of print manga that we already have just something to revitalize the fandom. But I really think that if they started releasing the, this specific edition, that that would, because they're big, they're eye catching. And I think that if you were to see these on like a Barnes and Noble shelf, it would really draw in people that have maybe either never heard of Saint Sayer or never given it a chance before. Yeah. And, and start and to really, like, build that community a little bit more. And I was gonna say, like one of the things, one of the things I hope they do capitalize, because like again, it's it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be that blowback effect of either it, it's uh, like either like the post Saint Seiya like release or like the pre-hype for the release of the movie. If they if, if depending on when they decide to release the movie here in the United States, because like if they can release it. With like before or after the movie is released, it will like there, there's going to be eyes on on the franchise regardless. Which is another thing was like I especially want them to I think like any company worth their salt right now would be stupid not to capitalize on getting the rights to the, to, to that to the to the series again. I yeah, and not to like like in, like switch gears too much, but like also recently Sentai, who is the company that ha- like has the rights to the new Netflix quote unquote dub has been doing polls on Twitter and I believe Instagram as well, um, just saying, hey, which of our releases would you like to see airing on television? Which of our releases would you like to see streaming? And that kind of stuff. So if you want to go to their social medias and let them know, you know, that they, I mean, they have it sitting there. It's not, they're not doing anything with it. It's not on any platform. It's not airing on any channel. It's literally, if, if you don't count pirated websites, it's basically a lost dub at this point because there's no physical media for it. Yeah, if you like, this could be another thing that in that same vein of making the old new again by just letting Sentai know that you want them to, you know, put that on Adult Swim or put that on, you know, some streaming website like Hulu or something like that, so that people trying to find a post because like like someone else was also mentioning this recently outside of of Sentai Filmworks because um, I want to say it was I who actually runs Adult Swim. I, I forgot the name of the forgot the name of the guy, but he's he's the one he's been like involved with like trying to get like rights to like different things. Mm-hmm. Oh, here it is. Okay, so um, the guy that the guy in question is um, is the it, it, I think it's like Vincent Marco. He's the guy who wrote, he's the VP at um he's senior VP at um at Warner Discovery, and he's he, at like, Warner Discovery's like uh the Adult Swim um department. He's been doing it. He's been doing it since like the Toonami days, like the original Toonami. Back in the '90s, so he's been, he was I think and I think he started doing uh, Space Ghost. He started he started who's like one of the guys who started working on, on that series with him, and that's how they got started with like Toonami. Yeah, the original so, Toonami was Space Ghost. Yeah, because it was like Moltar and all that stuff, you know. But 
he he's he's been involved like with like the creation of of, of that and also like all the creations of, of its spin-off Maguzi and also the spin-off also of Adult Swim. He's been heavily involved with Adult Swim and recently he started saying like, hey, you know, um, you know, we're, we like we're we're in talks with Sentai Filmworks. What series from Sentai Filmworks would you like to see? And I'll put I'll post a link to that um particular tweet there. But yeah, it, it they have the rights or like they can so work out something to get to get that show on um on Adult Swim because like if there's one, if there's one, if there's one thing that like they missed out on, if there's one thing that Saint Sam missed out on was getting that tsunami rub. I think if it had that tsunami rub, uh, like a proper dub on tsunami, like back in the days when stuff like Naruto, when that when the when that when the deep, when the deep dub was out, like because that was the same time that I kind of it kind of dawned on me when it when I was, when I, when I was thinking about it, like it was stacked against. Um, I wouldn't say the best, the, a better dub of, of Naruto, but it's like it's as close as you're gonna get on on, on TV at a time. I, so I, I personally it, think it would have fared better on Adult Swim because yeah. it wouldn't have had to have been as edited down as much because that was a trend around the same time that that the Knights of the Zodiac deep dub was airing on television. There was also this trend of taking older anime and putting them in Adult Swim, but labeling it as like uncut. Yeah, and like they did it with Gundam Wing, they did it with Cowboy Bebop, they did it with Yu Hakusho, where they would occasionally say "damn" and there would be some blood, and that was uncut. It was too edgy for Toonami, <laughs> you know. Oh, goodness gracious me! But yeah. um, but like I said, like that. But nowadays, since now now Toonami is part of um Adult Swim, they're they're just airing they're just airing it uncut, like flat out. Yeah, like, right. And a lot of, and a lot of shows surprisingly are doing really well for themselves on adult on this iteration of Adult Swim. On Adult Swim Toonami because um, Dragon Ball Super, it, it's like say what you will about Dragon Ball Super, but like it's a phenomenon everywhere. And thanks to getting like this huge phenomenon, it's still it's still a lot of people still watch it. Same with One Piece. Same with My Hero Academia. You know, it like you know I don't see why not. You know, so it's like you know if you want. I was gonna say I think that the biggest problem. I think uh, I'm sorry that I, I'm gonna say it like this, but it is from my perspective, and I think a lot of people kind of agree. The thing is, like the 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 US, like so far with the products that have been released so far, they've never been able to like figure out just how to market Saint Seiya. Like they've tried it in the worst possible ways, which has kind of contributed to its I don't want to say downfall, but like not being able to position itself as a franchise in the US. Like the, the way that they have treated it, like with the censoring, with the with the over the top uh, dub at the time, uh, mm-hmm. putting it in in an age where already more uh, series inspired by Saint Seiya or all some of the other Kurumada works already being popular back w- when it finally aired, like not being able to like grab it on the on an edge that could grab the attention of people. Because oh I God. think personally, I think that if they, if, if for example, say. Okay, from the creator, or the Saint Seiya, from from the mind that inspired Akira Toriyama, for example, and that can actually be something they can fucking do because there's an interview you know, with Akira, with Akira Toriyama where he cites Masami Kurumada as an inspiration for what would become Dragon Ball eventually when he was still doing Doctor Slump. This is when Kurumada was making Ring Nikakero. They could easily like like mention him like the guy that inspired was, Toriyama, and that will be like what? Another, okay, another, I can check this another, out. And you know, you you mentioned this, but you know what? Forget that you forget one key person at the time at the time that they were airing this particular show they could have capitalized on, and it would have been the perfect compliment. Like Saint Seiya would have been the perfect compliment to it. Bleach. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I forget. Yeah, because Tita Kubo yeah. has Tita Kubo has stated, and literally it, the proof is in the pudding when you see that first arc when when they're, when they're, when, when that first arc when they had to like save Lukia. That yeah. they have to, they, they, it's literally the twelve houses arc. 
Yeah, yeah, you can definitely see the inspiration in the oh, early can, and, and he and he has gone on and 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 um Chica Kuma has record. gone on record. Yeah, he's it's like it's out there. Like that like one of his inspirations was Saint Seiya. So it's like if they would have capitalized on like if, if they would have said, Yeah, from the guy who like uh, the, the show that inspired like um bleach, it would like people would have been walking to him. So but yeah, um regardless, like I do hope I do hope that the I do hope that like uh, going way back to what we we're talking about, I do hope that the we do here in the United States do get the final editions because I do believe that those final editions would be great, especially since we're about to get the movie and we're gonna talk a lot about the movie coming right now. As a matter of fact, why don't we top into that? No, just one we... final, just one final uh, comment on on the whole manga in English. Like I, I generally hope that eventually it gets a re-release because here's the thing: like the the Biz version, technically speaking, is the one that has been like licensed by by Shueisha, right? The yes. one for Shonen Jump. The thing is that Shonen Jump, like Shueisha, no longer holds the rights for the Saint Seiya property. Kurumada Pro literally owns the rights now. That's why they were able to release the the final edition in the first place. Uh, uh, it's it's another publisher, the one that that's handling uh, yeah. that, and and, the, uh-huh, and the international rights. Basically, you you need to like the make the deal with Kurumada Pro themselves. So re- theoretically, it is possible. It's just a matter of there needs to be a change, either this or another editorial. I, I don't really know about manga editorials in, in the U.S., but like any other that there could be. Theoretically, anybody anyone could uh, like deal the 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 license for the final edition. It's just a matter of they have to take the risk and they have to market it right. Okay, I got a question. I got a question. I got a question for Conrad Furry. You have your ear a little bit more in, into the who's publishing thing. Other than Viz, who do you want getting Saint Seiya? Kodansha. Maybe a bit of a, that might be a bit of a, a stretch, but let, I'll, I'll accept it. So I was thinking no, Seven I, Seas. I was thinking Seven Seasons. They already have a working relationship already with um, Saint Seiya Show. I here here's what I'll say about Seven Seas. Seven Seas, the releases are either spectacular or they are trash. Mm-hmm. Um. And I say that as a longtime collector of Seventies, I have so many different manga, well, so many of the different manga passed in my hands. I recently called down my collection significantly to just core series that I want to keep and reread um, because I've kind of stopped collecting manga. And now I just want to have my favorites instead of having every manga under the sun. Um, fun fact, I had a manga YouTube channel. All the videos are taken down. Don't try to look for it. It's under a name you guys wouldn't know me by, so don't look for it. <laughs> but uh, I used to have a fairly successful, like, around a 1,000 subscribers YouTube channel Ooh, where I would do, like, manga hauls and stuff like that. Uh, so this is in my wheelhouse. But I will say that if you look at things like the Devilman and Cutie Honey hardbacks they did, oh. those are fantastic. But if you look at the Devilman G and like um and the Devilman versus Hades releases, they're kind of iffy. Like they're just the I don't like the size that they use. They they don't use standard American manga size. They lean towards um a, a smaller size, so it doesn't look the as Japanese good. On the show. Yeah. Well, not even it's like somewhere in between American size and Japanese size. It's very Ew. strange. Yeah, it, they they are they don't look good on the shelf. Like, and I know that's a very nitpicky thing to say, um, but if they were to do something more along the style of the hardbacks, I would like that. But I really want these final editions when they come out here to be more in the Sailor Moon Eternal size, where it's like oversized and larger um, and more like high so quality. Like, so, so that's why to... I said Kodansha. I was thinking, I was my my brain my brain went to when you're talking about like larger ones, because um, I was thinking like because I, I remember here in the United States they tried this for they, like for like about a minute they were trying to bring um, Fist of the North Star back again, 
This is oh, this yeah. would have been the second time now we're on our third time and apparently third time to charm. But the second time they tried to do it, one of the things I really liked was it this was like a company called Raijin. Long out of out of out yep. of press. They don't make they don't make anything anymore. But what I liked is that they have fiscal they had the fiscal North Star rights. And what I, what I liked is that they had these the, they had these like really cool hard hardcover editions, but they were like the size of like regular like trade paperbacks. So like they had like this really cool prestige, and like all of, all the pages were glossy and all of them were in full color. Those like if they can go if they can go that extra mile, that'd be great. But then again, too, it's like I think ultimately at the end of the day, it'd be Kuromata Pro that has to like make the have to make the have to make the final decisions as to mm-hmm. what, what goes into that stuff. Well, have you have you seen how big the Eternal editions are for Sailor yes. Moon? Yes, like they're they're like college notebook size like they're yeah. large and i love that and i think that would be amazing because it lets you see so much more of the art because it, it's um for those for those who are trying to find something it's like shonen jump size so it's more um, so, 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 not, so not so not the standard tackle bond size it's like more like like a more prestige size like i think like yeah is, you're saying it's like a college bound book and you're looking right. like like a like a standard like trade paperback that's out and out and about it like like if you want to pick up like your Spider Man's or your X Men or your right. whatever, like it's, it's the size of that. Yeah, and that was and that was the thing I was thinking about when you were talking about that because like, like again that that went from writing comics of Fitzgerald Star. I have like I have like I have the I don't have the first one, but like it's in that same size and that same style. It's in a hardback and it's just it's anyways. And honestly, to... uh, uh, just the, like honestly, if I wouldn't care like mine, take care. I wouldn't mind if Viz kept the license anyway. Because they also do that larger size fairly well, but that, but not. I'm not anti Seven Seas. I would love to work with them in the future if they want to sponsor us. I will say everything you've ever done has been amazing. Um, but in in reality, though, like everything has its pros and cons. And I, the last thing that I really was really big into with Seven Seas was the the uh, Devilman um, books that they were bringing out because I do have both G and Hades complete in Japanese. I'm a very big devil man fan. I love it very much. Um, and I just was very disappointed by the quality of those releases. So I, it makes me nervous when seven seas has a title. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Let's put this, let's, 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 let's put this, let's put this to rest. Cause like we have, a, we have a lot more to go through. And, and cause like the thing is, it was, it was something hoping we can go for like, like five minutes, but I'm pretty sure we like hit half an hour. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta switch gears on this one. So. All right. We gotta talk about the movie. Like we, there's so much things that that happened between between like our last recording and to, and this recording where it's just like, oh my god, it's like everything kind of like dumped on us. Okay, so first things first. Um, uh, you want to go this? You want to take? You want to take this like a, in, a, in a timeline, or do you want to do this? Do this like you know whatever, like whatever just seems more appealing. I think how how we feel like whatever feels more appealing about it. Because okay, first of all, yeah. okay, okay, first then let's do this then. Your first thing we like the first thing on, on on the docket is that we saw a new trailer for the movie. We got to see a lot more footage of, of like the of, of, of the characters in their cloths. Uh, we got to see we got to see Nero a little bit more clear in, in his cloth as well. So we got to see Diego Trico dressed in in his in his armor, and I see a little bit more action scenes. We got to see a little bit more. So any thoughts on the trailer, Commander Furry? I am going to be. Th- this might sound controversial. Okay, but this is my stance on trailers, period. I will mm-hmm. watch a trailer one or maybe two times, and it's usually far in advance of the movie coming out. And the reason why I do that is because trailers, especially in the year 2023, the year of our Lord, um, people like to put the entire plot of the movies or at least the best parts of the movies in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And then I end up feeling disappointed when I go to see the movie. A, a good example of that is 
there's a new Jennifer Lawrence movie that's coming out about her like um, dating and they put it in quotation marks. So I think it's like a sex joke. This like nerdy 19 year old guy, like his parents pay her to date him and it looks cute and it looks funny. And, you know, eventually they're going to fall in love, but the trailer literally gives you the full movie's plot. Like I watched it and I was like, I feel like I don't need to watch this movie anymore. I will say the Saint Seiya trailer was not that bad uh, as far as like giving away plot points and stuff like that. But I feel like it also took away some of the impact that I might've been excited for later. Like seeing Marin, we got to see Marin's full armor in HD like yeah it looks great the prayer. it looks great but that would have been like a breathtaking moment to see that on the screen for the first time so it's it's kind of like a give and take like i i don't know i don't know you know what i mean um yeah i i thought it was interesting it did not quell any of my fears that i had um from the previous couple episodes where we've talked about this where it really feels like this is say his origin story and that's pretty much all we're gonna get they could do a bait and switch and you know continue that along but i i just i don't see this movie being i don't want to say successful i can't i i can't feel it having the true saint say vibe without having the other three bronze saints because we i mean we've got we've got icky slash nero confirmed like we saw him in the trailer we've known for a while that he's going to be in the movie but still like this is the quote final trailer supposedly or the full trailer i guess and there's yeah full trailer because we'll get to something later there's not even a hint of yoga shidiu or shun at all in this and it just it makes me nervous because i just a lot of adaptions really miss the point of what the series is about they get so caught up in telling the story that they miss the essence of it and the essence of saint Seiya, to me personally anyway is the friendship and the bond that keeps these four slash five depending on when icky feels like joining the group keeps them like glued together and keeps them going forward and keeps them overcoming these unfathomable odds like in the episodes when we get to the episodes today like not to not to get too far ahead but like there's a moment when all four like the core four guys are finally back together on screen and it's such like a sigh of relief even though I knew it was coming, even though I've seen these episodes tons of times, it, that never gets old seeing all of them standing there together, even when they're beaten and bruised and knocked down like they are in these episodes. That it's it's that feeling, that that group shot that just feels so powerful. And I'm just worried we're not gonna get that here. And I'm worried that the the movie is already at risk of doing poorly, at least in the English speaking countries, because it's never been as big a phenomenon here as it was in Japan or Mexico and Latin America and Central America and South America, all of that. It's never been that big of a phenomenon. And so I feel like without with them missing at least what I feel like is the core of the series, that it's it it's gonna risk not being successful and it scares me a little bit so i'm still very nervous about this movie sorry to sound pessimistic that's fine because i think i like you know i have thoughts and it's just like you know it's one of the things where it's like i i have i i, I have I, like you kind of like there's a lot of it i, I do agree with but first why don't we talk to ben Kass about what, what's going on ben Kass, what, what do you think of the, of the new stuff that you saw in this trailer and any thoughts in general of the trailer Okay, here's the thing. Like, I have a specific views about the trailer, and I have uh, like kind of like an overall view of how the movie seems to be looking, at the very least from what I've seen on social media in the Spanish-speaking side, and a little bit of the Brazilian side, but just very little. Don't 
don't take it too for granted on that. Uh, okay, on the trailer itself, okay, I've said this before. I am personally very excited for it. Like, I've been excited for it, I think, since the beginning, before we even got it, the trailer, since, like, the, the little information here and there was popping out. But I was cautiously optimistic. That kind of, like, diminished greatly when I saw that they were basically going to adapt the plot of the CGI show, like, the first season, on, onto the big screen. But I've said this before on the show, that, that uh, I think that the ideas weren't too bad, it was just a matter of execution. On the CGI show, it was abysmal. And here, it has a chance to, at the very least, be somewhat good or entertaining and from what i've seen and with this trailer here i know that i'm gonna enjoy the movie i know that i am going to like it so i don't really have a problem with that but i do have like and now return to, like to, to the general prospect i do have a problem with the fact that i seem to be in a minority here unfortunately i've seen on social media mostly twitter but from what i heard facebook it's just like a, a, a dumpster fire in general of negativity uh, but on Twitter, I've seen mostly like 60% or more, like 60% and forward leaning more towards the negative aspect of it. Most people are not excited about the movie. Most people are very pessimistic about it. And many people are extremely negative about it. So it's kind of like, uh, it, like it already has too much going against it just on the marketing side of it. Because like there's like the, the campaign for the marketing on Japan, like started going uh, at full speed, like a couple, uh, like a week ago, basically. But before that, there was zero, nada. So, like, everybody has been very pessimistic about it. Most people, if you ask them about it, they they don't like the idea of it. They don't feel that this is insane. Like, it's it's kind of a mixed bag. So, I'm on the fence, and I personally am on the fact that, from what I've seen, I know I'm going to enjoy it. But at the same time, I've also seen people uh, that are extremely excited for it, uh, even more than I am, that are really happy about this, that have a lot of confidence in what's going to be coming out. So, it's kind of like a mixed bag. Uh, it's a mixed bag, to, to say the least. And I am on the fence of... I, I am going to go see this movie. I'm going to to try to to see like exactly what I like or dislike about it once it actually comes out, and I have something to to criticize or to not to or to praise. But I think that I'm gonna enjoy it, and I just hope that I hope that it has uh, more future because that's the idea, and that's what they've been like kind of hinting at, at this. Because yeah, going with what Kamen has been saying. It's gonna be basically focused on Seiya and to a degree on on Iki slash Nero because he's gonna be like the "Quote unquote," the villain of the movie, so, uh, not the main villain, but he's going to be like the the, the nemesis of, of this particular movie. And the other three, probably from what I remember hearing, I think they're they're trying to keep them like for next projects. But if this project does not succeed, like there, there's that's not gonna happen anyway. So it's kind of like it's a scary thing, but at the same time, it's like, well, the franchise has like gone through this and worse, and its message is always to stand on the face of adversity, even if it's like the worst kind of adversity. So that's my take on it for now. Yeah, like I and I, I, I wasn't saying that I wasn't going to enjoy it. I will enjoy it because I just I love seeing. I've said it a hundred times. I love seeing different interpretations and stuff. But I, I, I hate to, I hate to bring up this cursed movie again. But it, it's feeling every time I see a different trailer or different clips, it feels like the Jim and the Holograms movie where you know, they, they were so confident that it was going to do well and they're like oh we'll have the misfits in jim and the holograms too and it's like no you need to have them in the first one because you're not ever no movies guaranteed a sequel ever like there's never been a movie where they like they're like yes this is definitely going to get a sequel no matter what because you never know the audience's reaction to it and i i'm just worried like ben ha said that yeah they're they're keeping them in the back pocket for saint Seiya too it's like we might not get one like we it, we might the who we the, like we don't know what the box office for this is going to look like because like 
there is hype and there is negativity mixed in there but it's just like why would you hold why would you be like oh yeah we'll save them for the sequel on something that as risky as an english language saint say adaption like that just sounds asinine to me but that's just me okay here's here's my thought and you know and I, I I see the reason why they 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 paired everything back to just Seiya and Iki. And the fact is, it's like it's story it's story reason. If they want to get if they want to get through everything a lot faster, they don't. But it, it it's a good that's gonna be a good way for them to just like get rid of a lot of time, just get to the main point. Which I think like I think like like it's like this movie's gonna be like a, a lean ninety minutes, not a little bit past that because that's I think the I think that's the idea. Like you know, unfortunately, when when you when you have so many moving parts, you know, you have to sacrifice a lot of it, and unfortunately. Seeing how, how how things are, I'm pretty sure that they looked at what was going on and like, okay, I think if we just focus on Seiya and uh, Iki, I think like that can be that that can be something that 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 can be something that we, they can work on. And like, I think like too, it's like as long as like, and I think like I think they're banking everything on Seiya. I think they're banking. I think they're 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 putting the they're putting the farm on Seiya. So the, and so it's like that's maybe that could work. I'm like I I, I like Seiya. But I also understand too. It's like Seiya is not well liked in the community. Like I think he always comes out in the popularity polls. He's always fifth. Well, so it's like so he's not. That, he's not devil's that. advocate to that though. Here's like, the th- here's the thing. I I kind of agree with you to to a certain extent. But but that's the topic that if we ever have the opportunity, I want to debate so badly because I'm actually against that. But okay, that's not the point. Go on. Uh, what I what I was gonna say though, it's like devil's advocate to that though. Like if you're saying that they want to pair stuff back. We know that Cassius is going to be in the movie. We know that Marin is going to be in the movie. We know that some kind of Gerard s or uh, Gerard, uh, yeah, some some kind of Gerard s character is going to be in the movie. They could have easily paired those back and kept the freaking main characters of the franchise in. Because, like, I'm a huge Cassius fan. I'm all for seeing Cassius. I'm 100% not suggesting they toss him out. But from a marketing standpoint, when you're looking at things like merchandising that you can pair with the movie, like toys, um, when you're looking at, like, posters that you could come out with, like, remember the 2017 power rangers movie each one of them had their own epic awesome looking posters solo could you imagine if we got that for saint Seiya? like that would be phenomenal yeah but yeah. again 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 but, I, but it, i'm it, saying like they chose to include these more minor characters and leave out the major characters it just makes zero sense to me from any standpoint the storytelling marketing fandom doesn't make any sense to me i'm going to watch the movie though i will enjoy the movie i think it looks visually striking i think that they did a great job with the budget that they had and that's not a snide comment at all that's it looks amazing it reminds me a lot of uh repo the genetic opera how they had like three dollars in their budget and that movie looks really good even to this day because that was like a 2007 2008 movie um so it, it kind of reminds me of that, where you can tell that they're on a budget, but it still looks nice for being on a budget. But also, also another, another thing to it, another thing is you can actually fucking see what's going on in the screen, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like I, I went to see Ant Man: The Wasp: Quantumania. Well, there were scenes. Well, there was a lot. Well, that movie was bright. It's like sometimes you're like, what? Who's talking? What am you was talking here? Like, is, <laughs> is that Paul Rudd? Or is, how many? Like, I, I, I liked it, but just like also to also to it's like yeah. Like I can, like I, I can see, like well, I, I understand why because they want to, they want to pare down the budget of CGI, so that's why it's like you gotta make it dark so no one sees the, so no one sees the mistakes. Here at least, they're like okay, I, I like at least some, one of the things I find interesting about the movie and one of the things I, I like is that 
the claws are practical. All the claws are mm -hmm. practical. Like if they all like mocking you and Diego Trico are wearing are wearing the actual claws, and you know, that's that's something to, they have to CGI in. So it's like you know, it's can, can I can I say something on that Daniel? Now that you're touching on the, upon that point, and this coming actually pissed me off quite a bit. Go on. It, it, I saw it because there was this. Uh, I'm not gonna say the the user because he, I think he's somewhat known, but it was a French uh, person on Twitter. And he's basically saying like he was uh, he he was making the point of like we're not like uh, people like old people is stuck in the past blah 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 like uh, look at this this looks terrible uh, Kurumada and I don't know who else is destroying the franchise with this like being negative right but I saw another comment that this guy said yeah I agree on that that pissed me off because he said even the fucking like you've seen the the pictures of the original toys that the Saint Claude series like the very very first ones from mm -hmm. Bandai. Yeah, they said, I, 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 they said, and I quote: "The faces, the sculpture, and 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 the and the clots on that look better than the CG than, than the CGI on this movie oh. and, and the clots itself." And I was like, "Okay, go fuck yourself." Now you're just being a fucking asshole. Like, yes. let's go go fuck yourself. Like seriously, uh, <laughs> like there, there's not there's not liking the designs, which I can completely understand. I completely agree. I have that particular uh, point with, with when it comes to Omega. But the, the one thing is to disagree and to dislike or even hate the designs, and another is. You just say some fucking bullshit. That's stupid. Yeah, we, it's, it's it also too. You're, you're comparing or you're comparing apples and oranges. Like you, you cannot compare something that was done in 1986 to something that's made in 2023. Especially since, like for example, toy technology has gone so far from what they did. And also too, that those designs were necessary because they were designed. What they were designed to have one function. And that was put the damn clots onto the toy. So that's why, like the mold. That's why the faces and the molds are secondary because, like, they were more, they were more, they were more focused on the on the actual like engineering of the toy itself. Exactly, and so like, like you can't you can't compare that to something where it's like okay, when it comes to a movie, especially you have to like consider budget. You have to consider like how how you're gonna make things work and stuff like that. So. Yeah. yeah, and I've seen, and for example, I've seen comments that say, hey, "I have seen cosplays that look better than that." And yes, I've seen cosplays yeah. that I can, I could say that, I could, I could agree with that. I've seen cosplays that look faithful to the original source material, and that I look know astounding, and which will look amazing on on live action. But here's the thing: one thing is to wear that for certain poses that last like a couple seconds when you're taking a photograph, and another is doing an actual freaking movie with motion in it. But like those people don't tend to see those those points, and it's yeah. it, it's kind of irrelevant trying to argue with those people because they have their mindset on something, and you're not gonna make it change but sometimes i hear things that are like they're so asinine that are like okay one thing is to dislike something another another is to throw common sense completely out the window but who's to say all right and, i'm ready for you also on, on that topic of like people in cosplays that look amazing and yeah and you have to also think of the the medium that you're consuming that in at a at an anime convention you're surrounded by people that have wacky super saiyan hair and have brightly colored clothing and have intricate corsets and you know dresses and all of this stuff and it doesn't look out of place but if you were to make a serious legitimate movie with the anime style it doesn't it doesn't translate as as fluidly to real life live action it, it if 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 it looks too cartoony, it's gonna look weird and out of place. And it, 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 it do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it, it's like it's like it's gonna stick out like a sore thumb when you're like when you have say like still wearing that like anime V one cloth in like a, right. in, a, in, a more, in a more ground in a more grounded sense. 
Oh, now so, that you mentioned that, like, and here's another point. Like, if oh. I wanted to be extremely pedantic and extremely arrogant, but objectively right, I could say that the anime is a fucking piece of shit in terms of the science because they deviate so much from the original designs that you could basically say that it is fan fiction. So, like, you, you know, I'm going with this to a, to a ludicrous extreme, but the point that I'm trying to make is, like, don't go fucking high and mighty on themselves because most of these people legitimately have never even read the manga. They've just seen the anime. Oh, and there's no. nothing wrong with that, but but you gotta have some consistency in, in the arguments that, that that you're saying right like like if we're gonna go to that extreme there, there are extremes that we can take them to but but it's irrelevant to do that that's not the point yeah all right okay all right so <laughs> we're all in agreement that like this movie has problems yeah like that, that, that like you know we're, like, and unfortunately a lot of those problems cannot be fixed because of the time and also like script reasons and also because see what's like whatever whatever for whatever reason there, there, there there's gonna be problems regardless because like well, i do agree with you kind of afraid that like the, the essence of the saints yeah is well, is the main, is the core main fight for on saints. Some also may argue that the, it might be the the the, go, the 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 gold saints. Who knows? You know, we're not gonna have that argument. That's a whole different argument that we can have. And unfortunately, when that when that happens, like we got we got to start handing everybody like maces and shields, <laughs> and like you know, we're all, and we're all gonna go to a, a Greco woman arena. We're just gonna go at it because that's just a bloodbath waiting to happen if we go into that argument. I mean, and. But we are also, but but you know, regardless, we also all in agreement that there are some positives. Right. So it's got it's got the three P's. It's got potential and promise, but it's also got problems. Yes. Actually, that's not a that's not a, that's actually not a bad that's actually not a bad way of looking at it. Yeah. So like yeah, I mean, but then again, too, it's like oh, like most movies have this problem. I'm pretty sure too. Like 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 again, I I I'm not I'm not privy to what happened in the writing room. I'm not privy to like what, what was what was happening because I know too a lot of a lot of decisions also come from Toy or, or a lot of decisions come from Sony, so we don't know anything about that about those decisions at the end of the day. So like, <laughs> they we we've seen movie we've seen movies made by we've seen movies made by Sony and how they crash and burn they crash and burn on themselves from like from how the, how much executive meddling they they've done. I'm looking at you, Morbius. This and would also, be, a, I think, this, in this case, it would just be toy. Sony's only distributing, like the, okay. the ones that actually made all the decisions were toy. And it also depends on what market that they're wanting this to be successful into. Like, just because it's an English-speaking movie doesn't necessarily mean that they're wanting it to be a knockout in the United States. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, movies that are in English are also very popular in a lot of Chinese uh, Chinese countries, a lot of Asian countries, like China, is what yeah. I was gonna say. So like in China is like a massive movie market too that keeps the movie industry afloat for the most part. Uh, yeah, even though, even industry. though nowadays, even though nowadays it's not, that that shift is now going towards the Middle East, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and the so, specific thing about this movie, even though it's not necessarily like designed for, I think that okay, well, th that would be the argument. But a lot of people feel, and that's been a discussion that has been talked about quite quite a bit. And some of the things that that unfortunately, again, taken to the extreme, but upsets like people from this side. Like, they, they when they're making this movie, they're trying to capture the the American audience because when it comes to movies, that's like what the target that they're no, most no. interested in capturing. But but here, well, that would be the argument or, or the mentality and the the only point that i can say that kind of justifies this is that when it comes to latin america specifically like toy unfortunately is one of those companies that it's run by very old japanese businessmen and oh, they, yeah. They, yeah, and anybody anybody time. that anybody that knows anything about Japanese business, particularly with old Japanese businessmen, know that they're extremely close-minded. 
Uh, but but one thing is for sure, like this movie is not designed uh, from the ground up for the Japanese audience, and it's certainly not designed for like for example a Latin American audience or a French audience. Like, uh, if, I don't know, like 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 friends they they consider it like a target audience for this series, but not that much. And Latin America they basically hide us uh, hide us on the fucking ground before the concert, so it's kind of like now they fucking know like we ha they have a presence here. It's like oh we've been proven wrong, but it doesn't that wasn't until like last year. So like the decisions made for this project in particular we're not taking into consideration with this market in mind yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty sure at the end of the day what they what they did is they they, they just went for a catch-all and hope that and hope and pray that like maybe something would work on in one market and they're just trying to and they're trying to do and they're trying to take out stuff and put in stuff that might that that you know that well in some markets it may not work and might be able to and hopes it might be another that might work in other markets again we don't know how again we don't know because like we we know how i've known i i've talked to people who worked in the industry They've told me like different stories about, and I've heard different stories about like, oh, you know, when I was working at this, when I was working in this movie, they had to make us do this, this, and this, and this to appease this market. And this, so it's like, we don't, we won't know, we won't know any of this because, like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of NDAs involved with, 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 um, with, with, with what they're talking about. So I'm pretty sure in the next 15, 20 years from now, when we, when, when, I, when, when all three of us are writing the next the novel, what the hell happened with this movie. <laughs> Which I do hope, like you know, in the next, in those, if like those twenty in those twenty years, it's gonna be a, a book. You know, all three of us where we research like the hell out of out of the out of what happened. Start and writing, start writing. <laughs> but when that's when the dust is settled, because I'm pretty sure that's how that's how long a lot of those NDAs last. Because believe it or not, a lot, I've known a lot of people that are NDAs are like, yeah, they put me on a ten year NDA. I'm like, dude, why are you putting on a ten year NDA on a crap project? They should at least give you like two years, or at least a year, not ten years. God dang it! So we won't know. At least for the next ten years, like what went wrong or what or what the mentality was was it behind the scenes. All right, I, mean, I know why they do that, but I it's it's morbid to say. But <laughs> I was gonna say, like speaking, why don't we transition ourselves? Like we've we've like like this episode, like I think we're gonna be going all over the place because like this is this has just been one of those episodes. We're on one today, as I say. But so. <laughs> But we have to, but, you know, speaking of NDAs, let's speaking of people that should have not said things that they should have said. And let's talk. So let's talk about uh, Mark Dacostas. I love the guy. I've met him before at different at different conventions. The guy is just an incredible dude. I love the guy. Yes. He's he's and like he's always enthusiastic. He's all in all, everything he's been in has been like he at least saves he at least saves the part. Whether it's um whether it's Double Dragon or, or the Crime or whatever the par movie it is. I know if I see Mark Dacosta's name on it, I at least I'll know it's like he's the best part of the movie. <laughs> Take Raptor Four, I'm looking at you because that movie was that movie sucked, but at least he had at least he had Mark Dacosta's, and holy shit, that movie was so shitty. But thankfully, you had him on board to do that movie. Anyways, Mark Dacosta's he's also known he's also on on social media trying to promote all of his words, all of his wares because like that's that's what a good actor does. So he posted a couple like. I think like the day after we recorded, he posted a, a video saying like, "Yeah, hey, we're gonna, I'm gonna be at a WonderCon. I'm and some of the other, some of the other, um, some of the other, some of the other stars of the movie are gonna be at WonderCon, and we're gonna be here on like, on this day and it's all that stuff." And about an hour later, um, or a little less than an hour later, I want to say like 30 minutes later, the movie got the the video got pulled down, and the only thing left was just like a video of him just running away, says big things are coming. <laughs> so I'm I'm wondering so. So like the, like once it's on the internet, it's it's out there. Like we know what's going on. We 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 know. Like despite this, despite the despite the efforts of of good of good minded of like he's well he 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 meant well. He like you know he was doing his he's doing his due, due diligence and hyping everything up. 
But you know, and he means, uh, you know, he's also he's also one of the guys who's like, you mean so well, so bless your heart. So like, I, I'm not really mad at him, or I'm, I like, I'm pretty sure he didn't read the contract, or I'm pretty sure they told him one thing. They're like, it's a little too early. Take that down. So, um, so I'm pretty sure. So, so like I said, like now that the information's out there, we knew for a fact that they're gonna have that the that the Saint Sam movie is gonna have a panel at WonderCon. And it's going to be on the first day of the convention on Friday, April, uh, Friday, March 24th. And the cast that's been confirmed so far has been, it, it, it's been Marta Costas, um, Diego Trico, um, the actress who plays um, Madison Nisman, Ma- Madison, Madison Nami, um, Franca ja- and Franca Jansen. Franca Jansen is also going to be on hand. And I believe also, too, um, Andy Chen is going to be also, also, also be part of the panel as well. So that's on Friday. And they're it's pretty much going to be a presentation. I'm pretty sure what they're going to do is going to show off the movie, and they're going to show off like they're going to have like a discussion, like pretty similar to what they did at San Diego Comic Con. But I think they're going to show off way more stuff. I think I predict they're going to show they're going to they're going to talk a little, a little bit more about in depth like when the movie's coming out. So if they, if the movie's coming out soon, they they have to they they have to um they have to like they have to like talk about it. So yeah, so we have so so that so that happened. So we'll, but we'll get to we'll put a pin on that for now because like there's a lot more going on with that. We do need to talk about is like soon after after that news broke out, the, the trailer came, out. and afterwards we started seeing dates come out for international release. Um, we know the first the first one that got got a hard confirmation on it was France. France is gonna get it on May twenty fourth. So that's great, and that's officially announced so, by Sony Pictures. Yeah, so so there so so there so that's so that's confirmed by them. And then I believe it was uh, I believe it was Sinopolis um, in in, the, in South America. They they said it's going to be in Peru, um, in Peru, in Chile, Chile. in uh, Colombia, and in Panama. Those are the okay. four countries that this chain of, of movie theaters uh, that has a presence in Mexico. That's a, a the, one of the in the United most, States as well. Y- yes, so it's a big chain. Like so far, all those four countries, well, those five countries have been the only ones to officially announce like when they're. Um, planning to release the movie so in, La- in latin america it seems it's going to be released at the same time as in japan uh, yeah. uh, but we're also waiting for confirmation because they've already mentioned prior that both mexico and brazil are also going to get like the movie originally they were like the only two countries that kind of like were confirmed to receive the movie so that kind of got a lot of people speculating and being nervous that it would not arrive in in the rest of south america and maybe central america this news uh, denies that thing so it's a matter of now uh, distributing and actually making official announcements but we can expect it to be released more or less around those times probably yes so we so we kind of have a so we have like hard confirmation and i'm pretty sure like when when wondercon rolls around we're going to get hard confirmation as well for what's for like what's coming up next with the itself um so I mean, quick thoughts on quick thoughts on 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 this on these bit of news that like on, on the on the date news at least because like I want to transition us to WonderCon news because like we have, there's a lot of there's a lot of that we need to discuss as well. So quick thoughts, comrade, right hurry. Good. Okay. <laughs> good. Okay, uh, good. No, I'm, nice just, nice I, I'm just I'm not an asshole. So. I am excited. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Excited and appreciative for the information. Just waiting on on on, on the dates for both uh, the U.S., right. in, 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 okay. Canada, and Mexico. <laughs> All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. That's why it's like I know this is something that's like mm, let's let's see what let's see what, let's see what else. So. All right. So let's go back a little bit. So let's go back because like soon after after that new bit of news with the with the with the dates and then the trade, we got now hard confirmation from WonderCon that they're going to be doing that. Panel. The panel is going to be held. Like I said, it's they're going to do the panel on April on. 
when was it April? Because they, they lose hold in April. And this is the first time in a long time they did it in March. So it's March 24th. It's going to be March 24th, the first panel. So they're going to do two panels. And I believe they're like, so I believe they're going to get like the main hall, what they call it the main hall. It's actually like a, it's all, it's a theater in like, that's right in front of the, right in front of the, like, right, like literally right in front of the convention center. And I was talking to some people online. It's like, I've been in that theater where it's like, it's enormous. It is like one of the, like, the biggest like places I've been to. If not, it's equally as big as Hall H here in Yatsenio Come, where Hall wow. H is like, it takes up a huge chunk of, of the convention center. And here, like this, this, um, this theater where they're going to do this presentation, where they most likely are, it's going to take up this huge space. And I've been there before for other presentations. I've done, I remember watching a few movies a few movies like i remember watching batman ninja when it premiered at, at WonderCon one year same with um batman versus the ninja turtles that they premiered there in that in that place as well it, so whenever they have like a big event they always they, they go all out and they, will put, and they always put in this particular theater and it's so huge and i can't wait for them to like utilize that and having all, all this all these things they have fans converge on there if there is because like it seems kind of it seems kind of sad that like we only learn about this news oh like two weeks before the convention but then that's that's always how unfortunately Comic Con works. Unfortunately, when it comes to like panels and stuff like that, because it is uh, Comic Con. I mean, WonderCon is part of the Comic Con family. So whenever they do, whenever they make announcements like that, it's always like a week or two beforehand, and like that's when it's like we, it's like unfortunately when it comes to stuff like that, it's like I like we we only get the news as it happens. Like we, we get the news and we get the news about it, and like you literally have like two weeks to like make that decision happen. And we'll get to that in a little bit. So we we had so um. So we got the news about that, and then a couple of days ago, we finally got word about like what they're they're going to do another panel. It's going to be the following Saturday on the twenty fifth, and it's going to just include. It's going to be more like a primer to the Saint Seiya, like explaining like you know the history and stuff like that of the series. Both panels will be moderated by a YouTuber um, Dan Larson, who runs um, Toy Galaxy, aka Secret Galaxy. He's done so many like mini documentaries on like everything underneath the underneath the sun. He's done like Power Rangers and. Sailor Moon, whatever, whatever top, whatever geek topic he's he's had, he had like a really in depth, like he always has his fun in depth videos. And they're so much fun, and I've known the guy personally. I talked to him a lot of times on on Twitter, on on, on Twitter, and also on uh, Instagram. The guys, the guys, and when I found out he was on one of these panels, like I was like, I mean, I wish it was us. I really sincerely wish it was us. But if like if there was if like but that that's like we're like say we're like a Chevy Nova. And he's a Rolls Royce. You're gonna pick the Rolls Royce. So I so so we got so like like and, and on that regard, it's like yeah, I, I um it, it, I I can I know where to concede, and unfortunately, like I know like this guy's a better better choice for that. So um in terms of news for the, the convention itself, in terms of like the panels and stuff like that. Oh, one last thing. They said there's gonna be a signing soon after the the five soon after the after the panel at um at on Friday. And they, what I like, here's something that's interesting. They have, it said it's designated on the actual floor of the convention center. So the signing is going to happen at the convention, inside the actual convention center, at like where like the, where all the stuff happens, where like all the vendors are and stuff like that. Apparently, it seems like they're going to have their own booth. And it's going to be like, so I, I know in like conventions, like I know, I don't know they, how they do it in Mexico, Bangkok, but it's like we have like, a, we have like designated areas. We have a designated area for, for like panels. And then we have like a designated area for like everything else, where like they that where you can walk in. That's where like you know, walk in, you buy your stuff, or you check out the stuff and whatnot. So and on the main and that's what we call it, like the main floor. And on the main floor, it seems like they're gonna have like their, they're gonna have they're gonna have like their own dedicated space for the movie. So either it's gonna be it's gonna be shared 
with like another with another um, with another entity, either Crunchyroll or Sony Pictures themselves, or they're gonna have their own presence there at the convention. And my theory is, I think like because they're, they're putting so much effort with two panels, I think they're gonna have their own dedicated like booths, quote unquote, dedicated to this to the movie itself. So with that said, Becas, any thoughts on like all the news that from from, from WonderCon that may or may not happen? I just wish that I had a visa so I could go. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, by the time that the news around, because because I've actually been thinking about renewing my visa so that I can travel to the US. It's been quite a while since I, I had an active visa. And they announced it just like a couple of weeks uh, prior to the event. So like, there's no way in hell that I could get one, even if I tried my, my damn hardest. So I was like, eh, I, I yeah, have yeah, to you, you, you have to turn, you, you, you need to like run backwards and do the like, you need to do the Superman thing to get it like five <laughs> weeks ago, six weeks ago. Six months yeah, six, ago, more or less. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's of your, that's of your, that's of your lucky. Yeah, but, it's a shame, but well, it is what it is. But th- there is a member of our team that will be going there. Come here for you. Congratulations, you're going to WonderCon. Oh, God, that's so cool. I didn't ask that for work. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I, but, um, but before before we get to that that little bit, last bit of news, come here for you. You have any thoughts on on? And also, come here for you. You have any thoughts on like the panel? And the presentation and what possibly could be could be shown at, at at WonderCon. I have an undying weird obsession with convention merch. So if within the next minute or so somebody from our team says that they're going to be there, I would hope that they would remember their dear friend Common Rider Furry and not forget him this time because I didn't get the bag from the last convention that you went to and I was very I didn't upset. even go to those I didn't even go to those conventions. I thought you went to that I No. Kind of, I, I went to I went on I went I, I went people seeing outside but I didn't go inside the convention center. You said that you went to it. When you, I went to it I went to it I went to it but I didn't go inside. Ramses when you say I went to the convention it's like oh yeah I I went to go see you know Britney Spears performing con- or I, I went to go see Britney Spears and it's like oh you went to the concert it's like no I stood outside the venue the whole time like <laughs> people don't say that <laughs> that's not I, s- I know and I said I specifically said that when I was when I, when I, I was either way either way you know um yeah, you know, I, I, I can give you refer any, here just tossing me underneath the bus here. Any, I can give you any amount of sob stories to get some convention merch because I don't get to travel much and I love that kind of stuff. All right. If, I, if somebody from our team is going, we don't know yet. They, who knows? All right. So cats out of the bag. Cats out of the bag, guys. Um, I'm working with Scarlet Rhapsody. If you don't know who Scarlet Rhapsody is, I worked with them before when I worked, when I went to um, Anime Los Angeles. And they've been on other shows as well. You know, you know, um, you know, Dame Stella Antibal, She she was on your um, she was on Ancient Anime. So mm-hmm. you you know, so you know one of the so you know one of the so you know one of the one of the people that runs it. And they're really good friends of mine. I'm gonna be helping them out, help them out at WonderCon. And I, yeah, congratulations! I'm gonna be at WonderCon, guys. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Did you just congratulate yourself? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's 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 a it's a picture of Obama giving the giving the mail to himself. You know, it 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 reminded me of, of I'm a big Drag Race fan, but it reminded me of Miss Vanjie saying, "Oh Lord, and Miss Vanjie, I just thank myself." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, like I was talking to like soon after this news, after after the, the initial news broke, after the the, the very first news with Mark DeCosta is making that little flub. I was back and forth with like a lot of people, and they and yeah, 
thanks to the, thanks to them, I'm gonna be helping them out at the at, at the convention. But thanks to the fandom themselves, they can help. They helped me get something that I that I desperately needed, which was business cards. Um, and I do hope that like when I go to the convention, I present these cards to like like whoever is there, like to represent the Sony, a toy, some of the actors, uh, like you know agents. Or even the actors themselves, I do hope that I can get a hold of them and like, hey, you know, we run this podcast. Here's the information. We would love for you to come on the show. And it's like, if we can get also more like swag from it, even better. Because I, I'm like, just like you, come referee, I like free swag, and like I want all the free swag in the universe. Like I, I just, just want to be typically like stuff that they give away for free at conventions, and I don't know why. <laughs> I still say, I still say, my favorite thing I got from a convention is I got this badge when they were when they were promoting the movie. In oh, Newman. nice. Ah, oh, so good. But anyway, I had, I had a I, um, don't drag. First of all, nobody dragged me for this because I feel like I'm about to out myself as a terrible person. I love the live action Speed Racer movie. It's in my top. What are you talking about? That was incredible. I love people that movie. Hate, people. Yeah, hate. I know. I, I, I don't understand. I really don't understand. Yeah, people. I don't know why when it came out, like people hated the movie. I was like, did you watch the show? This is a I faithful saw, recreation. Of I saw it like six times in theaters, but at Anime St. Louis, I think it was 2007 or 2008, uh, they were giving away a bunch of stuff for it. And I had this giant poster of it that was my like prized possession for so long. And I, then somebody so who I'm related to that is an older sibling who will not be named um, ruined it by ripping it off a wall because they're a terrible person. Um, but Ooh. that like that's I think that kind of like sparked my like love of of convention merchandise like i and i get convention merch from conventions i didn't even go to like i had um uh what i think it was i think it was the same it was the same convention that you went to um that that had the saint Seiya merch at it they had uh futo p the common rider anime they had posters of that and i bought one offline because i just i wanted it <laughs> yeah say I, I, like i, I wanted to, i wanted because like they were giving out like, tote bags and i just like i just bit the bullet and brought out my own i i paid out of my own pocket to get the to get the same seal tote bag I so, I got, so, I, I, so if you're wondering like yes if you if you see me around the convention or something like that or see me wandering around with, with a thing say like you know tote bag i paid money out of pocket for that i don't and i don't regret it because like, that is a that's that, definitely my everything that's like my my you know my utility bag whenever I go to things or whenever I go out. So yeah, I'm gonna be at the convention. I'm gonna see what I can see what I'm gonna do about it. I'm gonna I am gonna have so here's what I can here's what I can tell you guys. I am going to have a recording there. It's gonna be a raw dog recording. It's gonna be me and my it's gonna be me and my phone. There's gonna be an episode. It's gonna be up. Uh, there's gonna be an episode um, immediately after the panel. So expect so immediately after the panel expects a um, an episode of the show like live from the from the convention floor, um, and like I, and whatever happens whatever happens afterwards you know like I do know for a fact we're due for an episode that Sunday but I'm not staying Sunday as I am leaving immediately that Sunday so I can come back and record the following episode so yeah I like I, so no matter what happens I'm gonna be I, I I'm be coming back here I'm, I'm gonna be here and, and there's there's no there's no no delays I'm gonna be here coming back here. As early as possible, so I can come back and record and give you guys a more in-depth report as of what 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 went down at the convention and next episode. That's gonna be quite the rushy one, but it'll be great, I'm sure. Uh trust it just it just this this mean this just means I gotta start I gotta start doing my homework way in advance. And I'm pretty sure so I'm expecting you guys to like I'm expecting you to like carry at least like the the, the episode portion where it's like when we had the episode discussion because like at least like because I'll be like, what happened again? 
I wrote down notes, but this, the, the notes don't make sense. <laughs> My notes don't make sense, but I watched it yesterday, so I don't know if I'm. <laughs> I don't know what show I'm gonna be. I, 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 we're recording. We're recording like the, the little antidote. Like we're recording. Someone says I, we were talking about. We were talking about a particular part. And I was like, and I was like, what is? What did I write down? And then you mentioned it's like, oh, that's what I wrote down because you mentioned it soon after. Yeah, our notes end up being very similar with both shows. I feel like. Yeah, and the thing is, like, for, for the reason why, and the reason why my, my notes are like all over the place is I actually handwrite my notes because, like, I feel like that that I retain more information better if I if I if I handwrite my notes. So I have like a so I have like a notebook right now. I have like half a notebook right now of just notes ever since we started. Like ever since oh ever since ever since uh, ever since October when we did that episode with um ever since we did the the second movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. We was that's when I started taking notes for that's when I started taking notes physically with um of um. Of, of the episodes and stuff like that so don't everything out but i knew that because i specifically remember that and it retained in my brain for some reason good 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 good, good. <laughs> i was All if right. you couldn't remember i was going to tell you it was the second movie but regardless um i have like i have eight pages of notes for a 45 minute movie what the hell that happens That's a, i know i know and then when we get to this episode like i only wrote like for four episodes i wrote down three pages it's like oh god this is it's a it's just a little bit of a tangent but like i um one of the things I want to do for ancient anime, actually, I've been, it's, it's a very difficult thing to find. Uh, it's, it's a very, I wouldn't say rare, just an anime that nobody gave a crap about. And um, my friend found, went to my house because my brother's selling our family house and she got all my old DVDs and I saw it in there. And I, cause I, back before I even knew what ancient anime was like before I'd had the concept of it, I knew that I wanted to do something where I was like, ripping on bad anime like bad older anime and i have a notebook from my childhood where i had handwritten notes on that and it's a 45 minute ova and i had like 22 pages of just like me ripping it apart oh lord so it's a, i 100 know how you can get that many notes from a short little movie so yeah so i, I so, so we, we again we're on one today but um, any any closing thoughts on anything we discussed, um, Bankos? I think that <clears throat> there's a lot of um, okay. As everything, I think we'll have a lot to talk about in the future. I am very excited to look uh, like how things pan out. Let's just say uh, let's just wait a little longer and see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Comrade Furry, any final thoughts before we move on to the episode discussion? Um, I just want to remind everybody, very similar to the warning that I gave whenever we started doing the CGI show. Um, we all three of us love Saint Seiya. We are nitpicking things about it because we love it, because we want to point out some of the absurd stuff or where we think that it could have improved. But we also will gush on it when we need it. So when when you hear us being a little bit more negative in tone about the movie that's coming up, I don't want that to be a reflection of us or the community as a whole. I don't want it to have an impression on our listeners or the Saint Seiya community. We're just like we can sit here all day and talk about the great things about it, but we also have to point out the negative parts of it too. The conversation did skew a little bit negative, but I want to remind people that we're all here because we love this show and we want it to succeed. None of the three of us want this movie to fail. We are just pointing out some obvious concerns that ourselves and others have. So just keep that in mind that we're not hating on anything. These people worked really hard to do this. We know from the past convention appearances that the cast and the the crew have had that they're all very passionate about this and hopefully that will come through in the finalized product. 
So yeah, we all, we know for we know for a fact we we converted we converted Diego to and I because <laughs> he's buying he's buying anything with the word Iki on it. <laughs> yeah, I love that he keeps saying Iki. Like uh, that's another thing that I just I really want to quickly touch on because I've seen a lot of people um, talking about because they they didn't say Nero's name in the trailer, but they said Sienna, and that really triggered a bunch of people. Um, you know that they're using the the name the, the anglicized name or whatever. Um, but it's, it's just because that's unfortunately where the CGI show went. That's the most recent thing that the public at large has been invested yeah, in. Unfortunately, so yeah. it makes sense that they're using them. Just grin and bear it. If you don't like it, if you don't mind it, then it's whatever. Um, if, but it's it, 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 not it, mandated by Toei. I've been seeing a lot of people say that Toei has like a manifesto where they demand people use certain names. That's, it's, that's not the case. At, uh, from any evidence that we can see whatsoever, that's not the case. It's just that that's what the CGI show went with to be more um, English neutral than specifically sounding Japanese, and so that's yeah, the you, they want to be more US centric. Yeah, I'm I'm using that word a lot lately. It was it was my word of the day. It's a very so. specific word of the day. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So uh, so one last thing, one last thing, one last thing on my. I I live by one belief. That is, if you truly love something, you also, if you truly love something, you can, you also are, you're also the first person to know the flaws and mm -hmm. will, and will acknowledge the flaws and will like, you know, say that, yeah, this, this has flaws. And like, yeah, and it, this too also makes me, this, this makes me feel a certain way. Either we laugh at it or we get angry about it. Um, if we, if like, like, if we truly love something, we also have to, we also have to acknowledge the negatives of things as well. So. I, that's always been my belief when I do anything I do. When it comes to Selwyn Says, when it comes to this show, or whenever I have to do a review on a movie or a video game or something or another on, on Saturday Morning Squadron, I always say, it's, if, if the franchise I absolutely love, whether it's Saint Seiya, Sailor Moon, or like a G.I. Joe, or Transformers, or Masters mm -hmm. of the Universe, or whatever whatever franchise that, that I absolutely love, I'll gush over it. Like, there'll be parts I'll I'll like, but I also will be here and be like, that's. I'll, I also will be the first person to like note the negative and also be like, this is not working. This is not. This is not the way, bro. So that said, guys, speaking of stuff that that may or may not be negative, let's go into the episode discussion. <laughs> you say may or may not like, and we don't know. <laughs> the thing is, okay, uh, okay. Um, so why don't we start with episode sixty-one? Um, so like, let's just jump in. Like, like let's rip out the bandaid because I think like the thing is like, we have like I have. Ramses, we're losing, yeah. Okay, we're starting to notice a lot of overlap between what we're doing on Saturday mornings, well, not Saturday mornings, what we're doing on Sailor Moon Says, and also we're seeing the overlap here on this show as well. And I'm, and it's something I, it's something I, that I, that's something that, that hit me kind of like with a ton of bricks as I was watching. So why don't we on to, so why don't we on to episode sixty one? We just um, it's Kyoga comes back, Kyoga's back, you know, Yon Thaden. And he gives like that. Well, he gives one hell of a motivational speech to the, to the troops, and because he has plot armor, because it's not explained why he's not he's not possessed by why why Milo's like you know um um you know ability where he can like freeze you it doesn't work. He just, no, they explained it very yeah. very briefly. Yeah, it's like he, it's he too like fast. it's shown like, like oh this happened and then they move on. No, but because it, they don't explain it at first, but then the second time Milo uses it on him, 
he says, I know, or I see how fast you can move or something like that. And you won't dodge it this time or some, something to that effect. So basically Hyoga preemptively figured out that that was going to happen and dodged the attack, but it just so, was like a fast thing that I guess they just didn't bother to animate. Yeah. Like, or badass. The way that the, it's, it's kind of light ambiguous, but the, the, the thing that happened there is the reason why a, a Milo's restriction did not work on Hyoga compared to say and Shiryu was that he preemptively used his Cosmo to create a, 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 a cold aura around him, but using his Cosmo. So that stopped Milo's restriction from coming near him. So it did not affect him because Milo's Cosmo did not reach Hyogas with, with his. So yeah, so so basically, so basically what, he, what, she, what Hyoga does, he puts like an ice ring around, um, around uh, Milo and... <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, yeah because up. that's something that happens, I guess. Like, that's that's a power he has. It, it reminds me of, like, the, it, it reminds me very much of the Moon Tiara Stardust that happens exactly one time in Sailor Moon. It's like, like it's like, it's like, it's like, from? it's like, it, it's uh, it's like Superman 2, where it's like randomly, yeah, randomly he, he can take his em- or Superman can take his emblem and just make a net. But, but, he, did, but he had he had used this power before, he used it against Black Swan. He did. Yeah. Yeah, Remember that, like, uh, when they first met, uh, there was a moment where he used the same technique against him, but he only uses it like twice in the series. The first one against Black Sickness and then against Milo, and he never uses it again, as far as I can remember. Yeah, I I did not remember that. Can I also say before, just as something that was glossed over, he's carrying Shun. Yeah. And they're they're asking the uh, Seiya and and Shidio are like, is he dead? And like Hyoga's being like really vague about it. These guys think that when you get knocked unconscious, you're dead. Like check for a pulse because spoiler alert. A couple episodes later, Shun just stands up like nothing happened. Like so, oh, that was a good nap. Yeah, like had a nice nap. It's like just because people go unconscious doesn't mean they die. Somebody needs to tell these kids that because that this is like the third or fourth time that somebody's gotten knocked unconscious and they just assume that they're dead. It's like come on, try a little harder. So yeah, basically, so basically, they, 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 I think they give, uh, they give Shun's body to, uh, to I think Shirio. They tell him, like, the saying, like, he tells him, like, go, 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 keep on going forward. I'll catch up with you guys. This is gonna be easy fight, quote unquote. Spoilers, <laughs> it's not an easy fight. Well, it's more, he's more like, like, they, they don't, they've realized now they don't have to defeat everybody in every temple, and they're just oh. like. Like, let's just get through. You guys go through the temple. If I die here, I die. But at least you're able to move on because he's not going to pursue you past his temple. Basically, it's the vibe yeah. that I got from it. So, so, so basically, they go off and then he and they're, and they're pretty much there for like for like twenty minutes because like we cut to we cut to we cut to Sayori with uh with with Mu and Kiki, oh, and then I'm all not. of a sudden and then all of a sudden um and then all of a sudden Tatsumi comes in. Wearing kendo gear and it has a kendo sword. And I wrote down here. I spent seven hours putting on this this kendo gear. Quote a quote by Tatsumi that may not may not be real. <laughs> is was it is is Yu Hakusho the the show where he the main character was like really big into kendo? No, that wasn't that because that was Yusuke. There's some anime that it just it gave uh, me really some, big vibes. Samurai X. Was it Samurai X where he? No, was no, 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 no. Uh, well, one of the one of the characters, but not the main character. I, there was like a '90s anime that I was really big into as a kid. That was like, was like had really heavily focused on kendo, and it was interesting because that was in the era when they were trying to act like Japan didn't exist when they dubbed anime. 
So it was just very mm-hmm. interesting to me and very striking to me. But yeah, I, it was it was definitely a very comical scene. But my my concern is like maybe I'm forgetting something because we did take a long break there between watching the beginning of this arc and then we started doing the CGI show and then we went back to this arc. Why did Moo just let her almost get murdered? Like Moo just straight up is like not my problem and left. I, oh, I have a, I have a huge problem with that scene, but I want I want you guys to go first before I nitpick it. I just I just wrote down I I, I think I, I think I think I was telling you Conrad Fairy but I just wrote down bitch pie. I I was just like <laughs> he's just like I agreed to watch her not to actually do anything. I'm I'm out of here like yeah. he just so okay so, so so context 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 um basically when it's happening is like Tatsumi comes in and then like and then a couple of the, like the lower lower rank mooks come in they're like yeah if we kill we we, we those. I think that's defenseless. If we kill her, we can, we we can take we can totally take her. We can totally take him down. And you know, Tatsumi holds his own. You know, that's why I wrote down. I was like, at least Tatsumi holds his own. But Moose is like, he's just like, I'm I'm not gonna wash my hands. Like, I'm just gonna let this all happen. That's why I wrote down, bitch, bye. So like, he he stands idly. Oh, he stands idly while Athena could be possibly killed, and while Tatsumi is getting his ass kicked. The only thing I can think of is like, maybe Moo didn't want to explicitly go against the the sanctuary because like he's kind of done some like anti-sanctuary things by like repairing the cloths and by standing over Sayori but I wonder if like him actually fighting against like soldiers from sanctuary would label him as a traitor and enemy like blatantly that's the only thing I that's the only way I was able to justify it in my head because it just was a very strange scene all around. It was and it made it even worse because um Kiki is actually pointing out the obvious. Yeah, like, why Kiki's, aren't I helping him? Go help her. Like, yeah, and it was all it was obviously just a setup because they're bringing back the other bronze saints, the 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 ones that you know have been in line at Starbucks for like six hours waiting for her <laughs> coffee. Um, for three months <laughs> yeah they're they're back well it's only it's only been like seven hours in in universe it's only been like well, seven even before hours. then they, they, even before then they're like yeah we want to go train over at our our our, uh, our, our respective country so it's like they had, so i'm pretty sure they're like they 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 I'm pretty sure they got a late flight or something and just couldn't they couldn't make it on time or something oh my god there's a funny thing that there's such a funny thing later well i mean they were that, if, if you remember when they were about to go to sanctuary they straight up were just going to leave shun because he was taken too long <laughs> they were about yeah. to be like oh, they're, they're, they're like they're like a, they're like a mexican mom it's like if you don't get out here by in 10 minutes we're gonna leave without you i told you 9 <laughs> 30. <930s. laughs> oh ben has those exactly how that goes that's the yeah that's I, know. That's I, right. I know what you're talking about <laughs> You're you're running out of the other. I'm coming! I'm coming! With the toilet paper, like a a toilet paper coming out of your butt. (laughs) But yeah, so so the so yeah, so so so, uh, the jobber scenes are here. They brought they brought Sayori's Starbucks, and I wrote this down because this is more specifically for this is specifically for me and um, Conrader Furry because we watch a dub. I forgot how silly Geki's voice is in English. He sounds like he sounds to me like like uh, because you watch um, Futurama in English. I've seen clips of it in English, so I kind of identify their voice. So you know when you know when you know when Richard, when Richard Nixon comes on, he's like, oh, he talks like that, oh. Like, oh. <laughs> that's how he sounded like. He's like, oh yeah, we had to, we had to go back to our training grounds. I, you were, Geki is like number three husbando for this series, so you're pressing the wrong button, sir. <laughs> But yeah, it's like that's what like the way that when he sounded, I couldn't stop laughing. That's, that's the first thing I was like, oh my god, he sounds like fucking 
he sounds like Billy West trying to do Richard Nixon on on Future World or whatever. I mean, and, I, yeah. literally, I literally have written down all of the losers and also Geki are here. <laughs> and then I love that. So it. I think they say something to the extent of like, yeah, like all of us, all of us together took an oath to take care to to, to defend Athena when he got there. And I think like, uh, so the Steel Saints didn't take that oath. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the steel the steel saints are like you know taking care of her dog making sure that it gets on walks and stuff they're doing the practical stuff back at the mansion you know dusting the the furniture and, and the knickknacks yeah so but it, it's a, but it's interesting to see like we, we, it's like it's a good primer to remind us like they, they, these that these characters still exist and we got to see them do a lot of the, we got to see a lot of their moves and one kind of like threw me out of like kind of threw me out of the loop i forgot uh, i forgot uh nachi he's the woogie wolf right <laughs> I forgot this movie. I forgot this movie is called um, Dead, uh, Dead Howling. I'm like that's fucking metal. That's my new fucking metal band name right there. Uh, so Bon Lionette Bon is he uh, a Lionette in Japanese? Like is yes, that the yes? Because it looks like one of those like shrine dogs. Yeah, it, it like looks his, like King Caesar. Helmet does. I didn't notice that until now. Yeah, it looks like it looks like King Caesar from uh, from from Godzilla. It's like it's one of those Okinawan lion, uh, lion, um, yeah, the, lion, lion shrine guys. Guardians. Yes, but it's yeah, supposed that, to be yeah, it's supposed to be the light. It's supposed to be the light. Like that's what they official, officially, if you look constellation wise, that's what they call the lion constellation. I, I was just wondering if it was one of those instances where like it it wouldn't be a reference that English speaking people would get, so they changed it. But that's it. Just straight up was lionette. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I got to see him do, and like you know. Yeah, and so they, they basically clean house, and they're pretty much and pretty much like you know, hey, you know, thanks, thanks for coming, for taking, thanks for coming to our rescue, and you know, cut oh, back. Oh, cut. But, Go on. but we wait, we need, we need to. Uh, ben Huss said that he had strong feelings about what Moo did, so I want to hear that yes. before we get to bar. Okay, here's the thing. <sighs> what I guess what my answer to this is gonna be? Otoei, my old friend, oh, no. I've come to complain from you again. Because guess what? All of this is. Feller! Well, no, uh, I, I, I ordered it wrong. The thing with Moo, up until this point, has been filler. Yeah, I, was, I actually had to check this out again because I was having trouble remembering exactly, like, because I remember that I had, like, a, a problem with this as well. When I was at Kith, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Moo? Why the fuck did you leave Athena alone? Didn't you say that you were going to protect her, you asshole? And it turns out, in the manga, Moo never stays by Saori's side, and Tatsumi's there from the very beginning. Actually, he, he gets out of the plane along with them. And once a, a Saori gets attacked, they immediately start rushing up the 12 temples and they, they charge Tatsumi with taking care of Saori. So up, up until this point, uh, he has been there with her. And after they, they talk with Mu in the manga, he never goes to Athena. He stays in his temple, goes to Aldebaran, and then returns to his temple. He never goes to her. So... Okay, that's criticizable as well, but at the very least, it's consistent with the fact that he never went there in the, in the, in the first place. Mm -hmm. And again, this ties with the thing that I had already said, that Mu believes that this is a test. Like, if Athena really is uh, the goddess of war, and she is to see them through... Like, it kind of... She, he doesn't mention this, but, like, it makes sense in the future, like, foreshadowing, like, against Hades. If she is to overcome those th that challenge, then she has to prove herself now, so that's why he does not intervene. Still an asshole move, but at the very least consistent. Here he, it's like, what the hell are you doing? So yeah, like Mu leaving her never happens in the manga, and and Tatsumi is there. And once like the like the the base soldiers arrive, like he starts fighting them, he gets overrun, and then the Bronze Saints arrive. The, the secondary yeah. Bronze Saints arrive. So up until that point, like that's like my my biggest nitpick because the the show makes Mu look like a fucking asshole. 
Yeah. yeah it, it, like like I said, it was just an excuse for the Bronze Saints to have like a moment where they got to shine for a second there because it would be kind of lame if Moo went and just like backhanded these little nobodies into oblivion and then the Bronze Saints show up late to the party. Like they needed to be able to do something. And I mean, like, not to be too big of a pervert, but I am, but like Lionette's like thigh crush where he like squeezes the man's head to death with his thighs. I was like, that made it worth it for me. Like I, I can overlook Moo being an asshole for that part right there. By the way, I have a bit of trivia regarding Ben, Lionette Ben. The, the, the moment that he says his attack in the manga, he says, oh, finally, my first line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! No! <laughs> because because ben, ben in the entire story originally had like three lines. He had said like one line prior to this in the manga. And then that because because I like I, I remember I was saying like why the fuck did they, they erase like his first line? It's because in here it says, Oh, this is my first line. So they, they corrected that in the final edition, and this is the first time he actually speaks. That's funny. Okay. I always thought that not not to be too far on a tangent, but I always thought that those other bronze armors looked really cool and i was kind of sad that they sort of got wasted you know by just they i wouldn't say they're filler but they're just characters that don't get revisited as much as i would like them to so it's if they are re- if they are revisited it's always like oh you're, they're, they're 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 there to get killed yeah uh, yeah like here's the thing and kuruman has said this as well because he hasn't really gotten to do much detail about the other four but he did mention jabu originally when he was like designing the story or jabu was originally meant to be part of the core group like it was supposed to be like not five characters but six but Kurumada like thought twice about it because um, jabu has like a, a personality that's extremely similar to seiya and he thought that that would not like fit the the story and the dynamic between them, so he decided to to move him to the secondary group. And there's an interview where he says that to this day he sometimes questions if he did right, but he he thinks that in the end he he made like the decision that worked best for the story. And mm-hmm. Kuruma has been a is, is a guy. I've said it this many times prior, but Kuruma is a guy that in his stories like it's a good and a bad thing depending on the way that you want to look at it. But in his stories, if a character or if something or someone does not fit the story that he wants to tell he does not use it like if he makes a character and they never appear again in the stories because he not, did not find a use for them in the story that he was trying to tell so it's it's kind of a shame because in the end the secondary bronze saints group can get relevated quite too much but that's the way kuramada writes I, yeah I'm not, a, I'm not a jabu fan but that would have been interesting to see and i i know that you said that that kuramada felt like their personalities were too similar but i think that like the fact that jabu is like so like unquestionably dedicated to athena like willing to walk on hands and knees for her you know quite literally um that would have been a, a funny like juxtaposition to say who kind of butts heads with sayori more often in the beginning but then as the series goes along they kind of had that like romantic tension but jabu obviously wanted to be like the romantic interest so that would have been a cool story to see explored in my opinion Although now it would be a little bit cliche, but back in the day, that still would have been a little bit more fresh and new. But I, I mean, I'm glad the story ended up the way it did, but I just feel like those other saints could have done something like something in the story. I was going to say, like, if correct me if I'm wrong too, um, correct me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong too, because like, this is not, like, just, like with concerning, concerning um, Jabu and, and his stance in the series, if he weren't, if he was to be, if he, if he would have been in part of the main cast, he um he would have been he would have been Iki's replacement. Am I am I correct? No, like Iki would have been part of the core story as well. Like it would have been six uh, protagonists. 
It would have been like the five core Sentai team and then Iki as the. Oh person. my god, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, that would have been the dynamic, I think. Yeah, that's already kind of the dynamic that it is because Iki just kind of comes and goes and he's viewed for a good chunk of the first arc as being much more powerful than the other four. And so he comes in in like times of extreme duress. And that's kind of like the sixth ranger trope from Sentai. Um, Again, this was like before that existed because Sentai existed before Saint Seiya, but the sixth ranger trope didn't start until like the early nineties with Z Ranger. That was the first real, like the first real instance of the actual part. Yeah. Um, there had been other sixth rangers in the past, but they were all like kind of minor supporting in and out kind of roles. This was the first time that a new core cast member was introduced midway through and it became a staple to the series. And I think that had that been an existing trope before that might've been the way Kuromata leaned because Mm -hmm. this show already lends itself to a lot of existing Sentai tropes. And I think that that might have like if, if since they had come out five years later, that might have been, you know, the direction that it leaned in. You never know. Yeah, probably because I do, I do remember that seeing an interview where Kurumada apparently took inspiration from, like he's from the seventies, like the rock bands of Japan of the time, and mm-hmm. they tended to be like five five man groups. That's where he got that dynamic. Because even though there weren't five, like he had kind of like that dynamic in his like his biggest hit, uh, Ring Nikakero. So it's something that. Yeah. Kind of preceded that with his origin, with his original like uh, great hit, and he just like ad- adapted that to Sensei when he was writing this story. All right, so um, okay, but let's go. Let, let, let's take it all back. Is there, is there any other thoughts on what on what happened? Um, any other thoughts? What did it say on Bankhouse? Uh, let's move forward with the fight against Milo. Let's, let's go to Milo. Yeah. So basically, so we cut. So after, after successful fight, basically, we, we Milo just like breaks out of the things like. Psh- Really? You think that you think a piece of ice would would take would take me out? And they start and he starts, and then yeah, he, he pulls his strength by hitting. He starts hitting with a scarlet needle. Starts giving him like wicked wounds all over his all over his body. And so I, I have a question about this yeah. fight, um, because I I had a memory in my head because it it's been a long time since I've watched this arc all the way through. Like obviously there's bits and pieces that I watch more often than others, but like start to finish is the first time in a long time that I've watched this arc through. Um, For some reason it got stuck in my head that the reason why the poison wasn't as effective on Kyoga was because he could make like, he was like lowering his blood temperature so that it didn't spread as fast. Was that, that was the fight with Hydra though, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, he. So he I, that's, I think yeah. I was swapping the two around because I was waiting for that explanation to happen. You probably were thinking about it because, like, uh, scorpion poison, and that's how. And they mentioned poison, poison, like he, the attacks of the scarlet needle. Yeah. They're not poison per se, but they function like a scorpion's uh, poison sting. Yeah. So probably that's the reason you got uh, that in your head. But yeah, you're correct. Like the reason why he was able to fight and defeat uh, Ichi so easily and he, why his poison did not affect him was because he basically froze the poison the moment that it, it penetrated his skin. Like he was, he it was so cold he's using his Cosmo that the poison basically was not even able to enter his system. Yeah, I, I was right. hoping that, that that would reoccur here. I understand that it didn't because we had to get, you know, the senses dulled so he could unlock the seven, the, his seven sense power because that's kind of how they've all sort of done it is by uh, having, like, being forced into using it by losing their other senses. Um, but I was really hoping that 
I, I was really thinking, not hoping, but thinking that he pulled the same kind of stunt here, but he didn't. He just kind of got railroaded for most of this fight like yeah. here's the thing it doesn't get explicitly mentioned but i think that would have been the case and Hyoga would have probably been able to avoid that from milo had milo not been a gold saint but that's like the thing and that's what the the, the fight is supposed to be like Hyoga is not fighting just a regular bronze saint he's fighting mm-hmm. one of the most powerful uh, characters like in universe so that's why Let's say even though pragmatically the technique would have functioned the same, it did not because his opponent was much more powerful, which is something that the series tends to do. Like even though you have kind of like the advantage or why the hell this is not working, theoretically this should work against this opponent. But if it's a more powerful opponent, then it, like if the, the cosmo of the opponent is bigger, it doesn't matter uh, if uh, if the technique is superior, so to speak. So except for ice, because that's what happens. <laughs> so so basically, so basically, basically. You okay, Ramses? You went super robotic. Yeah, we we didn't hear any of that. Oh, okay. So um, now we can hear. Okay, so I'm just I I need you closer. So um, basically, after that, uh, he um, Milo goes um, Hyoga to attack him, and he freezes his feet, and then the episode ends. Well, uh, with uh, with Hyoga using his uh, Aurora Thunder attack. Against yeah, him. he like uppercuts the shit out of him, and it looks like Hyoga just like straight up won. it's it's these kinds of bait and switches that specifically saint Seiya does that really annoy the shit out of me sometimes (laughs) because the end of this episode is like so like overwhelmingly positive and then like i i know that we'll get to episode 62 in a second so basically what's happening is that milo is putting the it's 17 stars of the constellation right it's 17 15 15 he's putting the 15 he's basically creating a constellation out of yoga's body and he said that usually by five most men would tap out and either die or beg for their lives because they're in so much pain but yoga keeps letting him attack and he keeps using his diamond dust and the diamond dust is ineffective but he keeps using it over and over again and milo is punching more and more holes with his little fingernails into yoga and then yoga like uh, or or Milo laughs and is like, okay, time for the final one. You're about to die. And Hyoga is like, are you sure? It doesn't look like you can attack me right now. And he looks down and his feet are frozen to the ground, which is funny to me because like they've always portrayed these gold knights as being hyper aware of everything happening around them and being able to move so fast and all of this kind of stuff that it just seemed very uncharacteristic of them to be able to use such like a cheap trick to <laughs> to to trick them. Um, but yeah, so Hyoga decides to use this uppercut and the episode ends with, uh, or, um, sorry, he's or a thunder attack and it's, he like punches the shit out of him and it looks like he's won and everything ends on this high note. That's super awesome. Cut to literally five seconds into episode two and Milo's just like, actually that didn't affect me at all. And it's like, I, come on. <laughs> it's like, why did you have to do that? Um, but um, we do have we do have some comments here from our from from LSUA from um, our, from the from the um, from this from uh, Twitch not Twitch from Twitter in regards to episode sixty one I re- I think this is the last time Hyoga's ice ring attack worked I wish there were more Tatsumi as Vulcan Hydra Itchy's weird looking weird with his with his pose because I think he's like posing kind of like you know like <laughs> like he's like kind of like a kind of like a like he's doing kind of like a weird be shown in like pose like he's like the most beautiful man ever. You know, that's <laughs> not. Um, 
both Unicorn and Unilander have have like base attacks. Going back to what Conway already said, and <laughs> Milo must be good at acupuncture. <laughs> Definitely, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on this episode, guy? Um, Perry? Uh, this we we kind of talked about. It. I can't remember if it was on the recording or not, but all four of these episodes are such a weird mix. Well, I, this one, not as much, but the other three are such a weird mix of like filler and story progression. And it just feels like some of these could be, could have been cut down this one, not as much. Um, I, this one didn't have as much fat to trim. It was really nice to see the, the other bronze saints again, actually do something because we know that by now there's um, while they're all bronze saints, the core five ha- are definitely a step up from them because they've been unlocking the seven senses and been really put to through the ringer with like the silver saints and now the gold saints that they've been having to fight over and over and over again. So they're definitely a step up from them. And yes, they, the bronze saints said that they went back and trained even more because they were so embarrassed by how poorly they did in the galaxian tournament, but they're still, you could tell there's still a long way away from them. So it's nice that they were given something to do in, in this arc where we have people that move at Mach 37 million speed, um, you know, and just have ridiculous, the power creep is pretty real with these gold saints. Um, and a lot of this stuff, like talking about if they start fighting, they'll fight for like a hundred years or something crazy like that. hundred days. A uh, hundred days. You know what I mean? But like, it's just, there's a lot of, exaggeration when it comes to the gold saints so we know that these bronze saints are not ever going to be on that level so it's nice that they had something to do i know that sounds kind of like pandering to them or like uh looking down or talking down to them but like what else were they gonna do i think it's starbucks yeah that's 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 unfortunate that's the unfortunate thing any final thoughts on the episode benkos yeah, I really like this episode in general. Fortunately, the animation still continues to be in charge of Araki and Jimeno. The uh-huh. the fight itself was really good. I really like like the going back and forth between Milo and and Hyoga. Like uh, one uh, curious detail, like the 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 Scarlet Needle, the actual needle that grows from Milo's fingers. I should have mentioned this in, in the previous uh, episode with it, but that that actually is a, a, an anime original idea. Oh. It, like in the in the manga, in this part of the fight in the sanctuary arc, Milo doesn't have the 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 needle sticking out of him, and actually, it's not until Hades where Kurumada decided to incorporate that into the Milo's attack. So by then, in the manga, Milo gets the the actual needle growing out of his finger, but originally it's just like his his finger pointing at at, at Hyoga. The the needle itself here, like growing, it's an anime only thing. And I'm actually one of the things that Toei did 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 right, and it's actually fantastic to see. Yeah. I really like this episode. I I, I really love the the Milo versus Hyoga the fight. Uh, even the next episode, though, I have a big gripe with the next one. But when we get there, I'll mention that. Okay, yeah, because we all I think we all have gripes, but um, yeah, I enjoyed the episode. It was really fun. I like that. Like I, I like I like that we're 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 both we're advancing a lot the story. Both in the actual story itself and also behind, like also behind the scenes as well, with like stuff that has, that's happening with um, Athena, like what's going on with her as well. So it's good. It's, it's a good glimpse into like what's what's going on, and also the fight's really good. But like, it feels like they're stretching out a little too much. And when we get to the next episode, it's it's, it's gonna kind of find, kind of finally come to a crescendo of like, oh my god, these guys are these guys are just like talking too much. So um, it's, it's good. It, it was a good. It was a good fight. I really it's a good fight so far, and um, I was I was really happy about it. So. Yeah, good episode, good episode. Episode 62, 
Um, yeah, Naraya Ferrari said it best very beginning, like not even, not even a couple of seconds later, he's just like, Yeah, fooled you, and just gets out of get, gets out of the um ice and just starts fighting. And then um, uh, but one of the things I noticed right off the bat, holy moly, the animation took a huge hit. That's my gripe, and that's where I wanted to go with this. Like, it's so freaking baffling for a number of reasons. But the, the shell shock that you get from like Jimeno, Jimeno and uh, Araki's animation to, to then changing it to this, I, I used to joke back in the day that what happened? Did they leave the interns to make this episode? Yeah, they just went just went on autopilot. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just just get in, just get in on time. I mean, I have a theory. Go on. We talked a little bit earlier about how expensive animation was back. Well, it's still oh, is, yeah. but like how expensive it was. And if you notice. A good half of this episode is flashbacks that we've already seen. Uh, maybe oh, even shit. over yeah, half. Right. So this might have been like just a budget, like a cut, cost cut, cost a, cutting episode. You know, because they they needed the bottle to. Ep- it's a bottle process. episode. It's a bottle episode, but they had to, but they had to put in some new. Play. And they, but I maybe maybe they were just like just the the we kind of talked about like how things are typically grouped in episode like groups of like 13 episodes and stuff like that so maybe for this block they wanted to save some of the funds for something else coming up or maybe they are just running low i don't know but but or or they knew that they were going to put so many flashbacks in this that it might not be it might look weird to have flashy animation next to some of the more less overtly beautiful animation that we had in the flashback mm-hmm. um it could have been any number of things, but I I do think that the extended flashbacks really had something to do with the drop in quality. Yeah, you got, you're absolutely correct. But there is one thing that there is one thing that they did that they didn't have a, that they didn't skip on that was the blood. I think that's where all the budget went. So much blood all over the place. Like, didn't Tarantino blood gushing like from freaking limbs and stuff? Like it was intense. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was. It was just like, like it, it was like, like I, I don't know. If, like you get this reference, Conrad. I don't know. If, I don't know if you get it, Bankos, But he, he was, he, he was gushing like old faithful. <laughs> old faithful. For those of you who don't know, it's, it's a, it's a geyser that just like I think every hour on the hour in in, in Yosemite, it's like it just goes off like. Yeah, in the hey, I got it right. I thought, I thought it was Yellowstone. And one day, one day that will explode and kill us all. Like. Or, you know. It'll erupt yeah. for real or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, so basically, so basically, so basically, he, he's gushing out one, and it's and Milo's like, "You're slowly losing your senses," and I'm like, "You're going through shock. That's what's going on. You're not. You're not. That, like, you're not. Like, not, not anything else. You're just going through shock, dude. Like that. Like no, no amount of blood. No, no amount of blood, like no amount of, of causal bullshit can can save you from the amount of shock you're going through at prison. See, <laughs> my my feelings towards that with him losing his senses. Is it, it reminds me a lot of a problem I had earlier in the show. Um, so if th- this is going back a ways, but right, actually we just mentioned it in the last episode, but when they were preparing to go to Sanctuary, it felt like the writers suddenly remembered that Shun didn't have a, a, um, a rival because all of the other saints, like, you know, Hyoga's rival obviously was going to be Kamu because of everything that happened with the Crystal Saint. Like, uh, Shiryu had um, seen Death Max and seen his cruelty, you know, it, before they went to Sanctuary. Uh, Seiya uh, had w- butted heads with uh, Leo. So all of them all of them were having these, these rivalries that you knew were going to be big fights going up. And Shun, they were like, oh yeah, Shun needs somebody. So let's just say that, you know, 
Pisces went there and killed his whole family, like kill everybody he knew or whatever. But it just felt like a throwaway. This feels like a throwaway because everybody else's way that they got their seventh sense unlocked was a lot more organic feeling. Like it made sense with Iki because like that Iki's had already been so focused on mind games and to have the mind games turned around on him. And then, you know, Seiya always does things through brute force and Shiryu organically a long time before we even started to talk about the seven senses had already lost his sense of sight. So he had already started strengthening his other senses. Everybody else felt supernatural with how they got to their seventh sense. This felt like they just needed him to have this seventh sense a lot. Like it, they, it just felt like they were just like, he's got to do it. We got to have it happen to him. So let's just go ahead and, you know, he gets poisoned and the poison takes away his senses or whatever, you know, whatever it, it didn't feel as organic or as like plot related to his development as the other ones and i it because like you said it and, and maybe it's just because he's the last one and everybody else had already done it and now i'm I, like you start to see the patterns of okay yeah they lose all their other senses and they have to rely on their seventh sense and you could see that pattern starting to emerge by this point. So I don't, I, I don't know if it was the pattern of it or if it just really didn't feel organic. But this felt kind of like the laziest attempt to unlock the seventh sense, in my opinion. I actually kind of want to counter that with something that I was going to mention later. Because, okay, okay, uh, to, I have to touch upon a point. Like, you know how, like, eventually after, like, Mila starts having, sorry, Hyoga starts having like, his midlife crisis and he starts having, like, the 10th billion flashbacks. Then they, they cut to a scene where, right, like, Kamu is watching him, right, from, from the Aquarius. Oh, temple. God, I wrote down something about that. I wrote down here because he says, Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me, Kamu's? Like, look, look what your student's doing. I wrote down here because it, it was Mila saying as I just wrote down, Buffalo ranting. <laughs> yeah, but like here, here's the thing. In the, in the here's like the, the I think where there's that dynamic of uh, of Hyoga and Kamu that gets very very affected in my opinion and in my view because of the Crystal Saint. Re remember that the way that they decided to handle this in the in the TV <laughs> show is Toei decided to give Hyoga uh, a master out of their own fucking ass because Kurumada has, hadn't given him one yet, and they decided to invent the character. Then Kurumada decides that no, like he already knew that a gold saint was going to be Hyoga's master, his teacher. So, but but that information that like he hadn't told that to Zoey, and they they took their own decision. Then he makes originally it was Milo, but then he changed it uh, to Kamu, and Kamu ends up becoming his master. And there's a flashback in this fight in the manga where we see Hyoga arriving at at. Um, Siberia and Kami asks him, "Why do you want to become a, a, a saint?" And Hyoga answers him, "Because I want to be able to save my mother's uh, body that lies in, in the bottom of, of the of the ocean. I want to become strong to be able to do that." And Kamu tells him, "Is that your reason? That's a selfish reason." And then he starts like trying to guide him to to become a better person. And that's like the point that kind of pushes Hyoga to to be able to to achieve the seven sense. Like he gets that introspection of what Kamu was trying to do. That also gets mentioned here in the anime, but I think that it doesn't have the same weight because of the whole fucking mess with the Crystal Saint and they just flash back to to the Lyra Temple. But the Lyra Temple is an extension of what Kamu is supposed to be for for Hyoga. Like they they leave aside the emotional connect the more deep emotional connection that he has to his master that is in the manga, but it's left out here. And it becomes kind of muddy. And I think that kind of makes the viewer lose weight in the anime. 
Yeah, and I will because it, it seems like he seems to be always ranting about like he's my master's master. I gotta respect my master's master. Like, yeah, I wrote down. I wrote down here. Shut the fuck up. It's it just makes it feel really convoluted that that they had because the Kamu is just uh, in the manga. He's obviously heavily invested in Hyoga because that's his disciple, so it it makes sense. But they just they had to find some way for Kamu to be so heavily invested in the anime, and it just feels very. Com- convoluted like very needlessly complicated how they the way they have to explain it every single time and it's just it's a little obnoxious and honestly and that and that's the fault of the of, of toy because they they shot themselves in the foot by deciding to do things before kurumada and then kurumada's like fuck you i'm gonna do my story the way i want to and then they had to do all this convoluted mess in order to make the story have a little bit of of, of sense and then they end up creating these disasters in my in my eyes yeah, and, and the worst part is like you, you know you hear like you know during the fight like during during this entire episode. I know we're going all over the place, but believe it or not, the, 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 here's here's the episode summary. Oh, hold were... on, but before that, I, can I can I say my idea that would have fixed this? But while we're on this topic, okay. what? Yeah. Because what they could have easily done if, if they just because so the, a big chunk of this episode, like we talked about, was the flashbacks where we flashback to the the fight with Kamu and yoga and they show it almost in the entirety it's very long and very annoying because um we've just seen this recently and even if you were watching this week to week yes it happened a couple of months ago in in that span because i think it was about 12 or 13 episodes prior that this happened but it's still fresh enough that we don't need to see it beat for beat what they should have done instead is shown a flashback that just kind of shoehorned kamu into yoga's oh, backstory where Yes, the Crystal Saint was his trainer, but Kamu was still there, still some kind of authority figure, still saw some kind of promise in him. It, it, it would have made the whole point with Kamu knowing about his mom make more sense and be more relevant in the moment. Because yes, he could have found that out from the Crystal Saint, but it would have been better if he had known of his own accord from being there, like he did in the manga, like or how like how he knew that in the manga, I mean. If they just had used that flashback time to just, I, I understand it would have been new footage and would have beat the purpose of them making this kind of a budget episode. But just to have like a flashback where it established that all the three of them were in the same place at the same time, they could have cut all of that. You're, you're my disciples disciple thing out and just been like back in Siberia I saw that potential in you and I knew you could be better than that like gone that kind of route with it instead of just making it awkward it was very awkward every single time they oh, had to mention the saint it was just one last thing, one last thing because like I, I want to blitz to I want to kind of blitz to I kind of want to blitz this episode because like I guess not much to this episode um one last thing it's like well, he repeats the same thing twice he says, like, he's, he's, I think he starts saying, like, yeah, they, they, my friends gave up my life just so, that, so, I can, so I can keep on fighting. And he repeats the same goddamn line again with this footage. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is going on? That's a budget episode, I'm telling you. Yeah, so it's, uh, okay. But, so. And it shouldn't be because it's a conclusion to one of the most, like, one of the most intense yeah. fights that, that we've had up until now. And to, to be fair, even though you see, like, this stupidly abrupt change in animation, which, by the way, we haven't touched upon uh, two, two facts. It's so abrupt in this episode because we actually see the three fucking styles in drawing for this episode because not right. only do they change the director for, for this episode and the style is completely different, but we have the flashbacks of the previous episode, which has the Araki style, and then we also have the flashback to the Kamius fight, which has a different style. So it's three different styles in one episode. And when I was watching this, I was like, what the hell? Like, this is inconsistency at its finest, like in terms of our direction. 
Okay, so okay, I'm just, I'm just like, I think, I, I, I think, I think, I, it's like at this point, the horse is already dead. At this point, it's well beyond, it's well beyond dead. We, it's like it's already, it's already, we're, 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 we're essentially hitting glue at this point. So I'm gonna give a quick summary of the episode. Summary of the episode is basically, um, basically, was, um, basically what, what, um, Kyoga did was no use, and then he, and then he starts taunting, and he starts taunting, um, um, Yoga with on with an Antares attack, and he hit, and he hits, well, he hits Antares. Kyoga hits all of it, all of his star points. So I, I what all, all of his star points or all of Kyoga's yeah. star points? All, no, Kyoga all hits all of Milo's. Okay, points. so he so he so he hits so he hits Onu reverse and hits him back with all, all of his all of his abilities. Awakening the seven senses, he's like shit. This, <laughs> this kid's got it. And he just and he, and he he pretty much like does something to it. He pretty much like jams his finger in his chest. He's like, go. You won this fight fair and square. Well, well, what happened? In my opinion, what happened, what I interpreted to happen was more so that he saw the intense drive in him and he was like, because I have it in my notes. And he's like, you know what? Maybe these little shithead kids are onto something <laughs> like, yeah, because the 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 way they hand wave away the, the gold saints following the pope instead of obviously, you know, Athena, like she's very obviously Athena, is that they've been kind of. Not not necessarily brainwashed, but just told at nauseum over and over again that that's a fake Athena, that's a fake Athena, that's a fake Athena. And so when they saw when when Milo saw how like Yoga was ready to literally spend his last breath defending Athena, he's like, maybe they're not full of crap. Maybe I'm the one that's full of crap. And then he decided to save him by like hitting like a a point in his body that stops all of his bleeding. That's a scientific revelation. I wish that would have continued over, you know, into the real world because <laughs> yes. that could be helpful. Uh, but yeah, he he saves his life basically because he has a turn of heart, and he's the. I think by this point, and again, like whenever we did the CGI show, I you know I had this theory um, that they really with death with death mask and potentially Saga being the outliers, they really have this shift. To where they realized how much people like the gold saints and want to make sure that they are redeemable and so i think like that they really wanted to drive home the fact that milo is not a bad person milo is just a loyal person and i was i always think he's more of an asshole to be honest i just i think that he's he was just incredibly because like once he realized he was wrong he fully admitted that he was wrong that's true. Yeah, that's actually something that I wanted to touch upon. The the fact that okay, leaving aside the animation aspect of the episode, which I think is the biggest gripe with it, the story itself because the fight itself is really good. The fact Milo actually looks very down upon the Bronze Saints, and even in this, like when he's hitting Kyoga, and I think he just leaves Antares, like it's the only attack he has not given him. He kind of like in a very arrogant way says like, "I forgive your life. Get the fuck out of here. Like like I I'm allowing you to live." So leave the sanctuary. And Kyoga's like, no, fuck you. I am I am fighting for my convictions. I am fighting for my for my friends. I am fighting for for what I believe in injustice and Athena. And and like he is able to and the the fact that he gets to this point because Milo makes him realize uh, okay, leaving aside showing the entire fight against Camus. Because here's the, I was actually checking the, the manga, and here's the thing they also showcase the entire fight with Camus, but Kurumada does it in a brilliant way because he has like a panel where Hyoga is like, oh, like in a shocked state, and then in the background, like all the pages of the fight against Camus are in the background. 
So yeah, it's arguable that showing the fight against Camus was plot-wise correct, but it was a very artistic poor choice. Okay, anyway. Uh, so there's that. And the point is that Milo makes makes Hyoga realize, like, don't you realize why you were frozen? Kami didn't want to kill you because he realized that you did not have what was necessary to go against the gold saints because of his emotional investment in his mother and his refusal to, to leave that aside. It, and, and when Milo like brings this up, Hyoga kind of realizes that it is true. And that's like the moment that, that Hyoga finally kind of starts letting go of that in order to be able to become a proper saint and not fight for his own selfish desires or not to attach himself to his emotions but to grow beyond that that's how he's able to achieve the seven sense and milo like like saying like realizing that he he realizes that and he's like okay fine i will not treat you like a kid i will treat you like a man i will treat you like a proper saint and i will fight with everything i've got and, and we'll finish this with our full power and in the end even though technically milo wins because he's able to deliver antares like he says Okay, but the fact that he attacked me first and I didn't even realize it, had I not been wearing my gold cloth, I would have died. Like the cold cloth is the only thing mm -hmm. that stopped me from this protected me. And 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 he says therefore I admit defeat. So Milo is an asshole because he's very hot-blooded, but he's not arrogant. Like that's the thing that I love about the character. He can realize like when he's like in the wrong, and he also seeing Hyoga's conviction, that's when he starts to question I think this they are like like you said they're onto something they may be right she might be Athena and that's why he decides to uh, yeah. save Hyoga by by stopping the 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 oh god what's it called when you're bleeding to death hemorrhage yeah 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 that okay he stops that and he's like okay go and I'll see what your conviction leads you that's amazing that's the, my favorite part of the episode and yeah, of the fight itself and and that's why I say Milo is very loyal because like he's I wouldn't say blindly fighting for Sanctuary, but he has such an unwavering trust in Sanctuary, and that, I think that's what lends to his cockiness and kind of his jerky attitude. But he recognized that in Hyoga, that Hyoga was fighting with that same intense like commitment to willing to go to the death for this person. That I think that that's what made him recognize that that they're not here just trying to bring down sanctuary they're fighting literally for their lives and for the future and, and i think that's what hit him that he saw a bit of himself in yoga like he saw that that intense drive to want to be correct and to be on the correct side and to be fighting for what they trusted that's the vibe that i got maybe i read a little too into it but i really like milo um milo has always been one of my favorite uh of the of of the gold saints uh, even even in legend of sanctuary i liked lady milo yeah. <laughs> um one of the few times where they changed a, a gender and it didn't bother me all that much but yeah um I, I just i i thought that he really saw a piece of himself in yoga and that's why he went ahead and and you know saved him essentially and started to buy into their cause Okay, so uh, one last thing. I, I want to bring up one last thing before we go to episode 63, because I think we already summarized like, our thoughts on everything. One last thing I want to bring up. Um, so basically, um, basically, during, we cut back to the Jobber Saints, and, this, and he pretty much says, like, it, like you pretty much pride, and you pretty much bring up Athena and her staff. And yeah, I think weird things are happening at the, at the Circle K because of that. I wrote down here, uh, I, 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 it, it, didn't, it didn't occur to me at first what was going on, but I wrote down because in the dub, they, they like, um, 
Uh, I wrote down here because they, they, they said they say to they say uh, Tatsumi says to to Jabu, I gave permission to to Geki to use the plane, and I'm like, <laughs> Geki, he's got his pilot uh, license. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a way to pay the bills. Yeah, it's like what? Uh, okay, so maybe, maybe that, you. That's maybe you what took them so long getting there. Geki had to go to flight school. It all makes sense. So yeah, I wrote, yeah, exactly what I wrote down here. Yeah, wait, Geki knows how to fly because like again, the dub kind of implied that I'm like. Wait, what? I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure they meant to say go get something from the plane, but I'm pretty sure, but I think I don't know. Maybe something I guess they floated up and, and they just left it to use the plane. I'm like, okay. that that was episode sixty three though. But the staff oh, that's episode, no, that's that, no, he gets in sixty sixty two. They mentioned that he's gone, but he doesn't come back until sixty three because I have a specific note about that in my notes and I'm looking at it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, he, they, they they say that line. It just it, that was like the line in like. Like for me, because I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, when did he get his pilot's license? Yeah, because I they should, my, they should, they my, should be they should be giving a kid that that young a pilot's license to start with. But yeah, he's uh, like a full grown man. Like that, they did not draw him like a sixteen year old kid. Like that is a man. They, they didn't even card him once. Yeah, he does um, not get carded when he buys alcohol. No. Okay, so <laughs> so my so like one so like quick like very quick like one minute thoughts to everybody. Um, come right for you on this episode. Go. Too many flashbacks. Oh, thank us. Uh, good episode, but with too many details to that that are unlikable. Oh um, yeah, same thing here too. It's like they talk too much. Then this is supposed to be a really impactful fight, you know. What they, they what they should have done is they should have taken out all of the flashbacks from that episode, and then instead had weave in the events that happened in episode sixty three, taking out the flashbacks from episode sixty three. And just made one episode out of the two, where it's going back and forth between the Milo fight and what's happening in the in the as they're approaching the Sagittarius Temple with the armor and everything. That would have made a much more solid back like episode going back and forth without all of the freaking flashbacks. All right, so yeah, so, so that that's episode 62, 63. Um, I think that gets their staff back. They come back with it, and but then like it's it summons the the Sagittarius clock, and I, I, it occurred to me like, wait a minute. These these guys haven't seen that haven't seen this clock in this in, in this way. They only seen it in the fake style, and because they're like because they, they're, they're like they're kind of mesmerized. They're like, where is that cloth? I'm like, oh right, they didn't. They have not seen the they have not seen the, the Sagittarius cloth like that. Oh, as it's been when it gets like restored, it's um yeah to, to the original form because they were using the, the one like constellation like, form. The, the, they only seen, yeah they only seen the one that looks like like a clunky piece of armor. But now it's like they have they because they, they question like what is that cloth? Have you never seen this cloth before? Like right, I haven't seen it like that. So that's interesting. It's like that's, that's interesting that they that they that that they see the cloth like that and they kind of like have that reaction like oh right like it, it's kind of an interesting reaction. So all the cloths are starting to have so all the gold cloths are starting to have a reaction to it. Moose has to have a reaction. Um, uh, has has a reaction. And I wrote down here because like um last time we saw Ioria. He was he was taking Cassius's body, and he's suddenly back at the at the sanctuary. That's been an hour. That's plenty. Of t- that's plenty of time for him to be like, "Sorry, your boyfriend died, bitch," and then head back to his house. Like that's plenty of time. Yeah. So he like just, that, he, he, he just threw Cassius's body in the woods and just <laughs> came back. He just threw him to he a, goes, they threw him in a he, they threw him to a ditch. No, no, he he gets he puts him on on uh, Shina's doorstep, rings the doorbell, and runs away. Oh, God. Oh, your problem oh, sorry <laughs> oh. and then um so basically um 
So I, and every another another thing that, like, that I was completely confused, and maybe Benkas and maybe you, Conrad, can help me. It cuts to it. it cuts we lost to Mark. To Mark. I, I was like, when did this happen? And so like everyone's having everyone's having conniption fits. Even the Pope started having conniption fits. He's having starting having really work down the Pope was having a, a major case of schizophrenia like just having he, like he, that was a straight up panic attack because yeah. i do this all the time where i invent scenarios in my head that will never happen and just every person that i've ever trusted in my life appears in front of me and says that i'm a loser like i've had these vivid imaginings before like oh shit man was having a panic attack because they were getting a little too close to his chambers for his liking he thought for sure that Aldebaran was going to stomp them to death, you know, seven hours ago. But they're yeah. still trucking. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then, basically, basically, the, the say uh, Shiryu and the and the corpse of uh, the quote unquote corpse of the Shun, they make it to the they make it to the temple. Oh yeah, Shun's still quote dead. <laughs> so after that, um, so basically after that, they see they, they see the Sagittarius cloud had, had to to it, and it quote it tries to shoot Seiya. That's how the episode ends. If I if I skipped out on anything, I didn't. That's how the episode goes, guys. Your thoughts? Too much I'll start with you. Uh, here's the thing. Okay, I want to make this point until the next episode because basically that's what it is. This episode and the next one, you could have made just one episode to to be able yeah. to follow the story and the plot of the the plot the, the plot without uh, all the things that they added. But they needed pacing and they needed to add filler as well as flashbacks, in order to be able to proceed. Like, the thing with the gold saying, the the gold clots uh, resonating, that is in the story. The the fact that... Uh, but here's the thing, here's an interesting fact. Uh, in the story, in the in the manga, uh, like, when Tatsumi sent Geki to, for the plane, he didn't just bring uh, uh, Athena's uh, oh, uh, scepter. She, he also brought back the gold clot of Sagittarius. In in the manga, she actually brought, brought it with her in the plane. Because... Oh. Because in the in the manga the, the the cloth never went fucking around into the into the ocean by itself. It, it remained consistently in its cloth box, which was close to Athena almost the entire time. It was a, a way of of it's it's one detail that always gets like forgotten about people and that they tend to ignore. Like Ayoros, in a way, was always protecting Athena because the cloth was always near her. It never got. They never did the 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 thing in the anime. You know how there are a lot of episodes in which oh we gained this part, we lost this part. Oh now we gained this part, we lost, but we lost this part. That never happened in the in the in the manga. Uh, so okay, but but the point is the cloud arrives and then they have that resonance, right? And and like now here's an interesting thing. Like this is the first time we see uh, the clouds of Capricorn and of uh, Pisces. That those were the only two gold clouds left to, to show. In, and they they made their appearance here first before they actually appear with their owners during um, mm -hmm. during the during the 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 dream of of Saga, which by the way I, that's filler. I remember I, that because uh, we talked about that during the CGI show. Because remember Aphrodite shows up really early in the CGI show. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and and we talked about that about how like he doesn't like it's like the mid sixty range where he we even get a glimpse of him. You know, in the original and in the manga, so I remember you talk about that. I mean, mid sixties. I think we're in the seventies when we get to see him. Well, we we're mid sixties now. And we see his cloth. Is what I meant. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the first time that they actually appeared on the show, and also in the manga because they they don't show their the uh, doesn't show their faces, 
but he does show like the clots and and like the you know how he draws like the the eyes blackened but the 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 mouth and the nose like he he did yeah. that and so that that was that was cool i i I have mixed feelings about the, the nightmare scene. Like, I really like the scene itself, but I, now I cannot stop seeing it as filler. I'm just going to say that. Despite it being filler, I liked it, but it's a very weird, like, thing that they decided to do because up until now, like, he's the the, the Pope, which, quote-unquote, we still don't know his identity. Wink, wink. <laughs> but but he's never been shown to, like, be afraid of, of stuff. Like, he, I, so I found it bizarre that they went in that direction, but it was an interesting way to show it. Well, I, but yeah, that in would my be... opinion, in my opinion, it was to illustrate the Gemini, like the traditional traits of a Gemini, because there's the confident side and the less confident side. I understand that the, there's also literally two saints, like two Gemini saints, so they do it that way also. But I just assumed it was like you know because Gem, like Gemini's have are the the twins, and they're polar opposites of each other in most depictions. So I felt like that was his like insecure side coming to the surface as opposed to the normal confident one that we see most of the time. Um, one of the one I, thing I find, one of the things I found one of the things I find interesting during that panic panic attack is that if this is implying that his own plot is going is revolting against him if we if we're to supply everything. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I thought that was kind of funny. But, uh, but did anybody else get the vibe? So to so the for those who haven't watched this or haven't watched this episode in a long time, the animation style for this segment is a little bit different. It's got like more texture feeling to it. And it's a little bit more like they, they animate it in, in a different way. It's hard for me to put into words, but it's so that you know that this is like not actually happening. Yeah. Like they, they, put, they put, they put, they put, they put, they put a filter on, on the, on, on the camera. Did anybody else feel like the animation style almost looked reminiscent of that, new pilot that Ramona found <laughs> the American Saint say <laughs> like that's the vibes I got from that scene just the way that it was animated I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be shocked and, huh? I, I wouldn't be shocked if they if they if they saw that footage first and they took inspiration from that from that to use for some of the, for some of the animation I doubt it I don't think that I just think that it's a coincidence that the styles uh, yeah, I, think, I definitely think it's a coincidence but it just gave me that vibe because it had more muted colors and like more like scraggly looking people like it was just a, a different kind of animation style to differentiate that this wasn't actually happening but it really gave me the vibes of that like defenders of the constellations or whatever whatever it was called guardians of the, guardians of the cosmos cosmos that there's yeah it's very strange which by the way that's coming out soon so uh yeah, part sure. two of that i mean so i'm pretty excited to see that too so like that's gonna be another thing we can dump on the on the next episode of oh boy I was about to say, thankfully it didn't come out today where we had to like panic and watch like a three hour documentary first. Yeah. Oh. But you know, at the same time too, I would like to see it, but not right now in the middle of recording. But regardless, um, Beckhouse, your thoughts? Um, oh, wait, you said your thoughts, but, but any yeah. further thoughts? Nah, j just interesting episode, too much feeler. That's my yeah, opinion. same here. Like, there's nothing really else for me for to say. It's like, eh. I I personally kind of disagree a little bit with what, with what you said, Ben Haas, about this episode and the next episode need to be combined. I'm fine with them being separate, but as we're transitioning into episode 64, I just want to say that I hate this episode so much. I, I I absolutely hate it. And it's because I am not a big fan of the trope of characters dying for a quick cheap like emotional uh -huh. 
shot, and then they immediately <laughs> come back. And we I, I, I thought I thought, you, I thought you hated the fact that it was a, it was a ripoff of the Goonies. No, <laughs> no, I I hate it. But and I also hate that Sailor Moon took this concept and ran with it and did a, a made their entire finale based around this. But at least with with it being the finale, it had a little bit more weight because you know maybe they wouldn't actually come back, even though we know that they were going to. You yeah. Know. In the in the moment, back like if I was watching this fresh, I would think for a second that maybe they're not coming back because I know that this is the finale. But this is literally like the middle slash like second third of this arc. They're not going to die here. This it was like sorry to transition so quickly in episode sixty four. Sixty three was okay. Sixty four, I hate it. I hate it because one by one they die off and then immediately come back, and it's just it's there's it just felt like there was no payoff it felt like it was a waste of time it felt so blatant it, it, it was it was a rehash of the the um aries temple because in the aries temple they didn't have anybody to fight but they had a convenient reason why it was going to take them an hour to get through this temple with nobody to fight because their armor had to be fixed and that at that time I was okay with it, but this time they should have just ran through the damn temple and been done with it. This whole side quest of going in a cave that like was far underneath the Sagittarius temple was a waste of my time. And I did not enjoy it. And I'm, I'm sorry if that's controversial. I just don't like this episode. Not yeah. at all. I actually kind of agree with you. When I mentioned that these two episodes should be one, I was talking about taking out the filler out of both episodes, because here's the thing. What is not filler in episode 64? Tell me what's not filler. Episode 64 is this one we're talking about right now, right? Uh, yeah. Like, okay. Well, I, uh, I, I transitioned us. 63 is done. Y'all said y'all's final okay. thoughts and my final thoughts listed. In this. Okay. Okay. What is not filler? And then we'll we'll talk about that there. What's not filler is uh, the 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 uh, Sagittarius cloth uh, shooting the arrow and making like the impression that it's going to attack Seiya. Uh, proving that it didn't actually attack Seiya, but that it hit the wall. Uh, Shun coming back to his senses and Hyoga arriving, and the testament of Ayoros. Those yeah. are the only things in this episode that are not filler. Yeah, it, it, it's I I understand from from a story standpoint of the, they're on a timetable and they're they want it to cut as close to that twelfth hour mark for them to get to the Pope's chambers and confront you know the mysterious Pope who we definitely don't know the identity of by now. Um, like they, we know that they want to cut it close to the very end of that time running out to make it as dramatic as possible. I think this was a lazy way to do that. Yeah. I will agree on that. And like, because, yeah, I will, I will, I will agree on that. It's like, we could like, we could have, we could have, we could have just put both these together and just made one coherent thing where it's like everything that was happening with like the Pope and having, having his like panic attack and all that stuff could have been intertwined and we could, it could have just been a simple thing where it's like after he hits the arrow it we could have just seen the message and he could have went on their way for that you you know what you know what i wish they had personally done because i put a lot of thought into this i was because my my thing is i don't want to complain about something if i don't have a solution for it that's kind of always been my motto is it like i don't want to if, if i couldn't have personally come up with an idea to make it better why am i complaining about it but with this i wish that they would have done something to the effect of like the armor taking shape as if there was a knight in it, but it was like the Cosmo, like the residual Cosmo or the spirit of Aeolus testing them one last time before they get to these final two slash three houses, if you want to count the Pope's chambers, that are really going to be the really heavy hitters because we've got Shura, we've got Aphrodite, and then we've got the real Gemini coming up that are... Camus! Really you forget Camus! 
Oh, com- oh yeah, Kamos. I, f- I always forget Kamos. Because we've already th- he's already fought him, so I always forget that he didn't really fight him. Not the real, you know, going through yeah. the, the house, but you know what I mean. But um, yeah, so he's got some of the really heavy hitters coming up. So if, if like the spirit or the residual Cosmo or whatever had tested them one last time and like kind of each one of them got to showcase that they're finally grasping onto their seventh senses a little bit more solidly and being able to use them a little bit more reliably. Like we, we had that bit with Saya, like Saya's had that development, but the other ones have not, like they're still very much inconsistent with how well they can use the seven cents this would have been the perfect opportunity they could have still wasted an hour of the in-universe time with them being in this temple but this like they they basically went on like an rpg side quest and it was not entertaining like at all yeah i just wrote i, I wrote down here i wrote down here yeah i think i already i think i already just watched the movie one too many times and just started traps just for, <laughs> just for shitting giggles yeah, it was just, and they all like it was really obvious traps. Like the one where they walked, they there was like the see-through floor, and they're like, "Oh, we can step on this." I was like, "Yeah," and then it's going to disappear, and then it disappeared, and they fell. Like, uh, I wrote down here because like Hila suddenly appears. Okay, so first things first, like like Shun, um, Shun's awakened. It's kind of anticlimactic. They're like, "Oh, hey, Shun, you're 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 back." And then yeah, for somebody that they thought was dead, it was a very casual reaction to seeing him stand up. And then also, and then, and then, and then um, Yolo walks in and I wrote down here, I was nearly stabbed to death, if you're, if you're wondering, thank you very much, Yoga. Like, he's got these wounds, like, like you guys are so more concerned? Other than, hey, you're alive! Like, guys, I just got stabbed, like, 15, 16 times. For God's sakes. 17, 18 times, for God's sakes! Let's not talk. Let's just get, let's get, let's get this over with already. They got time to be concerned about their friends. They all have to die one by one. And then, yeah, so basically, so basically, they basically, they basically, the Sagittarius cloth shoots a hole into into the um into a wall, and they go to they go on a wacky adventure, yeah, and but... one by one, they got they eventually meet their goal with the, like by touching the the gold, the gold cloth, and eventually the gold cloth like you know they get they find themselves back, which I wonder is like was this all a dream? What is what the what the fuck is going on? And then they shoot the arrow one last time into the wall, and the wall gives a, a beautiful eulogy to 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 the saints that they've got to protect at the end, and they move forward. And that's how the episode ends. And yeah, I think it's it's, it's, it's weird. It's like I said, like there's like I know things happen in this episode, but it feels like you know there's not really much to comment to comment on. It's like how that how we had that problem with in, in during the Cinnamon says where we were talking about the last episode, episode twelve. And well, it, I mean, it was an episode. It was one of those things where it's like it's an episode, but there's not really much to work with. There's not really much to comment on. And I didn't really find it boring. It's more like it's there, I guess. You know, I actually have quite a few things to say about this episode and how, and how it's one of the worst ones made in in the series for a particular <laughs> reason. All right, all right, the floor is yours. Okay, here's the thing. Allow me to, to give you more context, and I, I swear to God that I, every episode I come with the mind that I'm not going to fucking refer to the manga just for the sake of it. I don't want to be that guy. But here's the thing, and, and I think this is why it's important to, to refer to the source material. The anime, when it comes to Sinseiya, one of the biggest criticisms and one of the biggest... I was going to say misconception, but it is not a misconception if you've only seen the anime, because it's right. Is that it's inconsistent and, and convoluted as fuck. And if you only watch the anime, you're completely right. Because if you only take the show for granted for what they're showing you, it is. It doesn't make sense a lot of the times because there's a lot of things that kind of contradict each other. There's a lot of things that are forced in that don't make a lick of sense. And it's like, why is this happening? 
And guess what? It's because that's the way that Toei decided to do the animation with, with its filler. Because if you read the manga, then, the, okay, it still has uh, some problems that, that can be pointed and criticized. But most of the story, it's extremely consistent and there is a reason for everything. And this is exactly one of them. When they arrive to the Sagittarius house, when he, uh, like, for example, Shun awaking, he doesn't awake just because of like, oh, I finally woke up. No, in, in, in the manga, like, when Seiya is like shocked, like, oh shit, like, I'm getting attacked by the, by the cloth, he drops Shun, and the impact from falling off is like, what wakes him up? It's like, oh, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, oh, what happened? And then he, and then he finally wakes up. Then Hyoga arrives, and, and then they see that, okay, it's like, oh, what the hell happened? Why did they, they call the claw that decided to attack me? And they see, and then Hyoga's, he's looking in front, he says, he didn't, he, it wasn't attacking you. Look, and then they see the message of Iolas, and they read it, and because the, media, the, the message immediately appears, and, they, and then they start crying, but here's the thing. You could say that it plays out as well in the in the anime, the, the same scene, but here's where it's extremely different, and where it lacks its most important aspect. Up until this point, even though the, the, the main characters have been fighting and almost dying for this cause, they, to, up until this point in the manga, they are not faithful to Athena. Let me, ref let me say that again. They are not faithful to her. They actually hate her in the beginning. They walk out on her at one point in the story because they thought that she was a bitch. And, and because of all the, all the hardships that they faced and because they were being manipulated by her in the beginning. And they, they didn't, they, like, they decide to come for their own reasons, not for her sake. They're not loyal to Athena up until now. This is the moment when they realize what Iolo's sacrifice. This is the moment where, where they finally, like, get it, when all their struggles get a purpose and get a meaning. And this is the moment where the four of them, like, join in, like, they cry because they realize the, 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 the weight of Iolo's will, what he's entrusting them with. He's entrusting them with the, with the life of Athena. He's recognizing them as true saints. They cry about this. They realize it. And then there's a beautiful... There's two pages that are beautiful when they all join hands. And they say that they will do anything to succeed. And that everyone is grateful for everything that's happened. They thank the, the, the life that they've been given despite its hardship. And they, they swear that no matter what happens, no matter... Like, they cannot die. This galaxy that, that is full of stars... We were born to compete to to share the same era as brothers with the same blood. Remember, in the manga, they're actual uh, blood brothers because they're all the, the kids of Mitsumasa Kido. So it's this is the, the the moment where they gain the purpose and where they become true saints of Athena, and that gets cut off. That gets completely cut off. So it then it ends up becoming a, a boring episode, a, a completely filler episode because all that context was taken away from it. Man, that sucks. The, yeah, at least it looks like the. Uh, the CGI show might with, with its third season that we're hopefully going to get that supposedly may or may not be already confirmed. Um, maybe the, some of that impact will be retained because they did have a little bit more of that conflict of, you know, not necessarily like they, they did eventually jump all on board, but like we, we got things like Hyoga's bit where he was a spy and he 100% didn't trust her for a long time and things like that so maybe it'll be a little bit more impactful and and a little bit more faithful because the the cgi show as much as we rag on it does have these bits where where like i'll be completely confused and then ben Haas will be like the reason you're confused is because this happened in the manga and i'll be like oh i understand now yeah so and, 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 and it's like that in the cgi show there's still hope 
And that's why, and that's why one of the things where it's like I will never rag you on, on going on the manga because I think that does provide a lot of good. So don't ever feel bad that you have to go back to it. Yeah, it, it provides a I, lot of really good context for what we're seeing and what we were supposed to see, for lack of a better term. So don't ever, don't ever feel bad. So don't ever feel bad whatsoever. Yeah, it's, just, it's just that I, it's just that I know that like there are always those people that are like, oh, for fuck's sake, they're like, go oh, read the manga, read the manga. No, you don't have to read the manga. All I'm saying is that if you do. If you actually take the time to do it, you will see it in an entirely different light, which is what happened to me when I actually when I read for the first time. I won't mention names, but <laughs> someone I was talking to, a good friend of mine, who listens to the show, really appreciate. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. So like, don't again. But I'll, I'll, I'll say like, I won't. I won't because I don't want to dox him. I don't want to like say him any more information. But I know I know a good friend of mine who listens to the show. They appreciate that that juxtaposition. So it's like, don't again. If it's working for someone, it's working for this person. This is. I'm I'm glad and about this. I appreciate it because like like we all have our like our roles that we fulfill on the show. Not to get too meta or nothing, but like Benhas is the like you're, the, you're the, the manga expert. You're 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 the manga expert, and it you you kind of have a joint role with Ramses, who is one of the people that experienced the like initial wave of like Saint Seiya and and Ramses has that cool duel like he saw it in Mexico and like the hype in Mexico and then saw like the lack of hype in the United States and then I'm the one that had to play 30 years of catch up trying to try to figure out you know this well, I guess 20 at the time that I was really starting to get into it but you know like playing yeah. all this time catching up to find all the resources so we all have different points of view and you being so enthralled with the manga is at this point like an integral part of the show so please like echoing what ramsey said don't ever feel like if you bring up some of the comparisons that people are going to be annoyed if they're annoyed it's because they don't want to like I don't want to say they're not real fans, but they don't they, they don't want to expand their horizons beyond the anime. Like there's more this franchise is not just an anime. We are reviewing the anime and discussing the anime, but it's so much more of a bigger picture that encompasses a lot more than just animation. So I, I appreciate it personally as well. And not just that, not just that, not just that too. It's like it provides context because like there's that I think that thing providing context does is extremely important, especially with a show like this, where it's like Toy may not have the proper context on a lot of things, especially when, for example, we we went on a we went on a role talking about Kamus and his role on, in the show. It's like if there's that there's not a manga so we can compare it to, so we can say that like what's going on. It's I think we I think we I think people are going nuts with like Hilga's like exposition, like oh, my master's master, like damn it. <laughs> you couldn't pay me enough to give a crap about my boss's boss. Like I like my boss. <laughs> But my boss's boss, I don't give two craps what that man goes through on a daily basis. I don't exactly. even know his name. Yeah, All exactly. Right. Because, because theoretically, theoretically, he should be like, the fuck are you? Like, why should yeah, I give a fuck about you? I don't even argue. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. I, 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 all joking aside in here, because like, I, I, we've been going way too long. Because like, like, there's so much we had to cover and so much to, and so much we had to talk about here. So, um, any final thoughts on this episode? Or any final thoughts in general about the block of episodes that we discussed? Um, why don't we start off with you, Comrade Furry? Uh, I just... I, I remember the Milo fight being one of my favorites because Hyoga's always been one of my favorites. And I think that I kind of had some rose-colored glasses on because, like we, we discussed today, half of the second episode of the fight, because a lot of these fights are split up on two or three episodes, half of the second episode of the fight was flashbacks to things we had seen fairly recently. Like, within the past 10 to 12 episodes, we had seen these events happen 
And I understand that this is meant to be consumed on a week to week basis and not been watched like we are. But even with us, like if you think of when we saw it, we saw it even longer than a couple of months ago because we had we stopped reviewing this and went into reviewing the CGI show. So it's been a very long time since I've seen it. And I still felt like it was not needed. It was over the top having the full scene, the full fight of him and Kambu in there again. It was just, I didn't see the point in it, but the fight itself, like the parts that we got to see were so good. I understand people have to understand. I'm not the, the most, um observe it when it comes to the animation quality drops and things like that so i didn't notice it as much and it didn't bother me as much personally so that didn't take away from my enjoyment but the pacing and the way that 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 the fight was so chopped up really did and then just episode 64 just throw the whole thing in the dumpster like just take the very beginning where they walk in at the very end where they have the crying scene and tack that on to episode 63 and move on with your day like that it was not needed Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay. Here's the thing. The fight with Milo, it's flawed. Definitely, like now, I'm able to see a lot of the flaws in, in, like, in the whole product. But it's, but I still really like it. Like, um, okay. Again, disclaimer: me being a scorpion and Milo being my favorite gold saint. (laughs) It's, it's a huge, like, it's a huge uh, asterisk on that. But, but I still really like the, the fight itself. Like, if you take some of the, the, the. The, the aspects of it that are that are negative about it, I still think that it's a, an extremely solid fight and it still has some really extraordinary moments. It's unfortunate that the next couple of episodes, because of the decisions that they made for, for the animation, it ends up becoming very tedious to watch. I'm going to leave aside everything that I've mentioned prior in terms of context for why it's a, a wrong decisions. But if you just look at it at face value, it's a very te- it's a, a two tedious episodes to watch because of all the, the the flashbacks, because of all the filler. It has some interesting aspects. I actually do like like the nightmare with the, the Pope, but it's still kind of like eh. so. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's some of the weaker aspects of, of the original show that like it's, sometimes it gets like wait, people like say like tend to think like oh no the original show was perfect. No, it wasn't. Like no. and, this is the, and this is the perfect example of of why it wasn't perfect. So it's just that, like, it's it's uh, this is where the show doesn't shine as much, and it has like flaws that are worth like pointing at and and criticizing. But other than that, then we come for for more for more good good stuff coming later. So that's my review on this batch. Oh uh, yeah, like we can cut we we literally can cut this you can literally cut this episode down to two episodes. We totally agree with all the filler and stuff like that. So we but it's so but you know. And I'm with, I'm with Bankos, like there was like I'm with Bankos and I'm with with uh, with Kamiya Furry. I watched these episodes when I was a kid. I remember this was like as I told the last episode, these episodes were, like these block of episodes were like the last two that survived like the Great Purge when I came here to the United States. So it was like the light late last remnants of like well, Saint Seiya from the from that from the time of sort of the before times. And I remember watching the hell out of it. And I guess I guess, I guess I was so enamored by it that I guess. I never really paid much attention to it, like with a, with a more critical eye. That at the end of the day, as I as I was as I watching these again, and like, oh my god, like I was so wrong about these episodes. Like, like the 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 most the most glasses are off, and now I'm seeing these with a more critical eye, and like, oh my god, like this is just mm-hmm. these people just won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and like the, the flashbacks just constantly flashing back over and over. But 
Yeah, I mean, you guys hit up on most of the points, and like I'll, I'll echo a lot of you guys saying, there's way too many flashbacks. There's way too, and the shot, the animation quality takes a huge dip in episode sixty-three and sixty-four, respectively. To a point to a more to a very hilarious degree. Um, and it's like it's the, there's recycled animation is necessary. So like when I when I hear people complain about like you know the long transformation sequences in Sailor Moon or Hyoga doing his full like swan dance before he attacks with diamond dust almost every time like and it's definitely there to fill time but at least those are interesting to watch and visually appealing a flat like a, a seven minute flashback of something that you've already seen which is mostly just two men talking to each other via the proxy of somebody who's been dead for 30 episodes like it's just annoying like to me it is a waste of time all right. So before we so before I head off, I'm gonna we have a few things here from uh, from from Alex. He had still also more things to post about each of the episodes. Um, now episode sixty four. I did not care for much for the film when I was younger, but I love it because because it gets to do something in color scheme so right when it only all stand together. That was the last time we see the, the stock footage of Ch- Shun's debut chain in the, in the in the first version of his cloth. Um, in response to episode sixty three. We see a shot of the shadows of the twelve gold saints. Pisces Saint doesn't have Aphrodite's hair. Was confirmed? Was it confirmed at this point? Because at this point, is it possible that there are alternate, alternate plans for the, the for the Pisces Saint? Oh, actually, there is a, an interesting bit of trivia regarding that. There is actually, and you can find this online. There is, you know, what a set day is. Yeah. Well, yeah, for, for maybe for those that don't, don't know the term, it's a character sheet, basically. It's like yeah. the designs that, that get done before the animation gets actually made so that the, the animators have the reference to, to, to do their work. The original one for, for Aphrodite, this is before Kuruma. This was made to promote, guess what, the toys, but by Bandai. This is before the episodes where Aphrodite appears, and this is before Kurumada actually had a design for him. So they kind of like made this. There's a design of uh, Aphrodite, and I think it had like he had like a different name, like pre pre Kurumada establishing his his sexual name. I don't remember what it is at, at this moment, but like there's like uh, this buff, uh, tan skinned guy wearing the piscus cloth yeah. because they needed because they needed a they needed a sete for for the piscus uh, uh, saint. So that that's what maybe like that's the reason why he doesn't look like Aphrodite. They had that sete first, and they used it here before Aphrodite had a, a defined design for how he was going to actually look like. Yeah, and I, I remember I remember very specifically in the action figures that they even they, they even got even it went as far as the stuff that came down in Mexico, the official stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That if you buy if you buy an official toy, like they had that it had that Pisces without with like his with, like you know with with uh, with, with the tan skin and like the, his eyes covered. He looks kind of buffer, in which you know that's not how eventually he ends up. But yeah, like like in those in those in, in, it goes it's like it goes so far into that that that's what happens. So it's basically the opposite of twink death. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> it was daddy death. The daddy oh, became no. a twink. Yeah. So yeah. So that, that's really interesting. That's like and that makes sense. that tracks because like a lot of the toys were like kind of like on a or so in the process being made as the as the series was going. So I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of I'm pretty sure a lot of it was like they're on the fly just to make up a lot of designs on the fly. Like, oh, uh, uh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Uh, 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 it looks like a facial. Totally, we want with this. They just kind of you know, they kind of engineered it from there. You know who would make a good user for the the sleek, feminine, aquatic fish saint? A big buff tan dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty then, guys. Um, I, I guess it's, I guess we can edit right here. Like we are about to be almost three hours long, but. 
Uh, but yeah, this was this was a chock full episode. So if you're if you're into like long episodes, this has like the most amount of content. I'm pretty sure the next episode is gonna be even more hectic. So before we go, why don't we have why don't we start with promotions? Conrad Furry, do you have anything you would like to promote? No, <laughs> no. Um, I we I talked about this at length in Sailor Moon says. So if you are really interested, you can go and check that out at the end of that episode. Um, but the basically ancient enemy is not dead. I have a couple of things in my personal life that could potentially disrupt episodes coming out on a regular basis. So I am going to wait probably until April when some of these things start to resolve. So ancient enemy, um, again, I wanted it to come back last month, but real life gets in the way. I don't want to have another instance kind of like when I got sick where I get a few episodes out and then there's a really long span before you get anything else. So I'd rather this break continue than to have additional breaks down the road. Um, so ancient anime and- at, at ancient anime pod on Twitter and Instagram for updates when a solid confirmed date, when that's coming back, but it will be coming back. And even, and even if, even if, even if, even if you, and, you, and you're not, and you're not being idle either. You're here and you're also on Salem. Yeah. And, and these, the, and I've talked about that before. I show up and talk and Ramsey's does all the editing. Ancient anime is 100% me. It's the whole show is me, the social media, you know, the episodes, the editing, the planning, getting guests. It's all on me. And I just, I don't have the mental capacity. Not that I'm like on a verge of a breakdown, but I don't have the mental capacity to dedicate X amount of hours to that every week at this juncture where I'm currently in a month that will almost certainly change so that is still trucking along otherwise you can see me on um instagram uh which i've started using again i need i haven't posted this week but last week was a little bit hectic work-wise got a couple yeah. posts planned for this week um um to post my collectibles and uh, my i've been fixing up dolls to donate to kids which is my new my new thing that i'm working on in my local area is to find dolls that are a little bit uh, busted and things and fix them up just because I enjoy doing it and then donating them back to the community so that children can have toys to play with and um, that, that are not like ratty because most of the toys you see at like Goodwill and Savers and stuff like that are pretty ratty and gross. So I'm going to get them, clean them up, fix them up and redonate them and let those kids have something nice to play with for families that don't have a lot of money. But you can see me chronicle that on my uh instagram and then my twitter is at common rider furry just me i don't know talking about daddies and stuff mostly <laughs> all these links here will be posted on our, will be posted on our show notes thank us anything you would like to promote yeah um my my twitter account which i i use is my personal twitter account but i share a lot of uh, sincere related stuff fan art uh, interesting trivia for, that i find tend to find sometimes I, I post things that i include trivia about the manga or about the anime uh, and like yeah, and like, you, you want to, and, and you what want... I like too is like it, a lot of stuff you discuss. It's kind of like complement to the episode itself. So if you if you're if you still want to know more information, a little more of the backstory, Pankas is always like posting stuff, and it's always kind of related to what we're we're doing in the episode as well. So yep, there's also my Instagram account, which I haven't posted anything in a while. I don't really post often. I'm <laughs> working on the drawing, but I'm the slowest illustrator in the world. I promise. I'm I'm actually close to finishing one illustration. Uh, it's a uh, Oh God! Oh, it's it's linked in my in my Twitter profile. Oh, my Twitter account is a uh, Mexican Geek five hundred two. Uh, you can find me there. And 
also I'm working on some stuff for unfortunately like a lot of things have stopped me from from being able to work on it forward but once it gets close to completion I'll finally announce what the hell it is and one last thing I did mention on the previous episode that I was working even two episodes ago I don't remember now that I was working on the translation for uh, chapter two of Rewrite of Poseidon unfortunately I haven't been able to to work on that I some IRL stuff and also dedicated some, some of my time on two other things have stopped me from doing that but but I intend to finish that as quickly as possible. I think that the, there's a translation in English already out there, but the one that I'm going to be making, uh, I'm, I'll am i be posting it as soon as I have it. You'll be knowing about that. As for me, I have a lot of podcasts that I do. I do Citizen Says with Comic Writer for Eight. We're going to ha- we're gonna be having an episode, episode five, we're going to be having a guest. I, like, we're, we're, we're trying to finalize if we can, we're allowed to discuss the, the, the who the guest is, but if, I'm really excited for this episode. And then for the next couple episodes, we're going to start having some special guests on that show as well. I'm gonna to try to get more special guests as time goes on. So I'm so I, I think I think what's gonna end up happening, I think as time goes on, I think it's gonna be you, it's gonna be me, Comrade Furry, and a special guest going forward. I think I think that's good. I think that's gonna be really funny when we when we get to when we get to there might be some episodes where it might just be me and Comrade Furry again, but like for the most part I wanna start like like calling on the guests on there. Um there's another show called those called the Saturday Morning Squadron. Unfortunately I'm in a same position where I am with um with 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 uh LH and anime where it's like Things are kind of up in the air right now, so whenever we have time to record, we record. So if like it's, it's just pay attention to the feed if you haven't if you haven't. And if there's a new episode there. That means there's a new episode. I don't know when we're gonna be back to normal, but I do hope that we can. Um, I do hope that we can find some sort of normalcy before that. You can find this podcast at www.scosmocast.com. Again, the address is scosmocast.com. We I will be at WonderCon this, um, on the 24th and 25th of of uh, march please if you're if you're in the area if you're in the if you're in the anaheim area or or are interested in, in um in saint Seiya, please come by i'll be in, I'll, I'll be around if you say the magic word but you'll find out what you'll notice which you'll notice the word say to say to me when you want to get something because you get a special gift if you say the magic words to me at the convention and when you do you know hey let's talk and you know let's rap about things and you know hey let's talk saint Seiya. I, I want to. I want. I want to expand more. I want to expand more with the fans, and I kind of want to expand more with everything else. So if you're at, so you're in Anaheim um, that that weekend of the 24th and the 25th, come by, and I'll, you know we'll talk, and you know I'll be helping out. I'll be helping out Scarlet Rhapsody. Scarlet Rhapsody, amazing people all around. I can't like. I just can't stress enough how much I I love these guys so much. As like as as my best friends. So then, oh, that's it, guys. We have to go for Kyle Rider Free for Bankos. I'm Ramses and. I'm here to tell you to keep bringing that cosmos. I will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.